Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome to episode number 83 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, February the 27th, 2021. My name is Jeremy Lee, and welcome to the show. Before we get to it, though, I do want to thank last Saturday's guest, Mike Phillips, the Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Upper Deck. We had a great episode. Check that out. He dropped a lot of insights from really a true industry insider and a hobby veteran. Also had Adam Gray, the Real 27 guy on After Hours, another great episode with Adam, as they always are. Check that out. Those episodes live in the on the Sports Cards Live YouTube channel in the archives. Feel free to check those out. Next Saturday, guys, get ready. Next Saturday, one of your favorite guests, Brian Gray, Leaf CEO, will be back yet again. Lots to talk about with him. If you're new here, as I mentioned, we got like 100 episodes in the archives. Go check them out. There will be something that interests you. Please subscribe if you have not yet subscribed. We are closing in on 2,400 subscribers. They're climbing up fast. I want to thank each and every one of you for that. Be sure to check out The Big Three Hockey on Instagram. These guys showcase the finest singles in the hobby. Support the channel. Good guys. Check them out, please. I also want to thank Dustin from the Personal Finance Dad. He had me on his live stream last Monday. We had a great discussion Again, feel free to check that out. The Personal Finance Dad on YouTube. Dustin, great guy, does daily videos. Check that out. I had a really good time with him. Also want to mention Hobby Hotline, another show that I go on every so often, and they stream every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Check out Hobby Hotline. Also want to mention, I heard back from Brad at PSA Canada. They have been named the official agent for PSA Canada, secured the same rates for March that they had for February Check out PSA Canada for your for your PSA submissions. As always tonight, guys, your comments, your questions are in play, so do not be shy. And tonight on After Hours, my guest is Charles Hind, the young superkind wonder collector, the wonderkind super collector. Charles, always happy to have Charles joining. All right, let's now get to tonight's guest. He got his first taste of the hobby in 1976 when he would rummage through his mother's groceries looking for that box of ho-hos 
to find the Hostess baseball cards on the bottom. In 1981, he started taking collecting seriously. And, in, and from 1994 to 2004, he was setting up at regional card shows in his area. In 2004, he sold everything and left the hobby, came back in 2014, and has been going strong ever since. His favorite teams are the Blackhawks, Bulls, Bears, and the Cubs. Favorite athletes are Michael Jordan and Roberto Clemente, originally from Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Connecticut, now hailing from Northwest Indiana. Let's bring him out. Victor Roman Sr., welcome to episode 83, Sports Cards Live. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Man, I am. Jay Lee, you got me pumped, man. I'm ready to go. Thank you for having me on. You are more than welcome, man. It's great to have you, Victor. I've been a fan of your YouTube channel for quite some time now, uh, really probably since last summer. I really like what you're doing. You know, I've kind of uh, titled you here as the as a rookie card theorist, and I had to think about what am I going to call this guy because you fit you fit two sort of uh, you know I talk about sports cards live as a show where we bring on industry insiders, passionate collectors, and content creators, and oftentimes the content creator crosses over with a passionate collector. You're obviously both, but you're also somebody who's really interested in what a rookie card is how to define it, what some of the misunderstandings have been and the gray areas. And so I, I thought, you know what, I'm not, at first I called you a rookie card expert, but I thought, well, that, that's kind of, that kind of sounds funny, rookie card expert. And then I thought, you know, a thinker, you're a thinker, you're somebody. Who's, so I thought theorist really made sense to me as to, as to, as to what to call you. So I hope you're okay with that, my rookie card theorist. It's, it's, a, it's on the positive side, so I'll go with it. It is on the positive side for sure. I think there's nothing wrong with it at all. So, um, all right. Well, we got a bunch of people here with us already, guys. I'm glad to see we could steal some of Logan Paul's audience away from him tonight. Uh, I do want to let everybody also know that um, I, I went to uh, to uh, Eastridge Hobbies here in Calgary, one of my local LCSs the other day, and I bought a pack of this 1983 Opeachy Baseball. So if you're familiar with the top set, and Victor, I know you are, in the top set, you could get a Tony Gwynn, a Wade Boggs, and a Ryan Sandberg. Those are the three big rookies from the top set. But the Opichi is a smaller set. There's no Wade Boggs. So we're going to open this at some point during the episode and look for uh, Tony Gwynn or maybe even a Ryan Sandberg. But we'd sure love to pull a Tony Gwynn from this 83 pack of Opichi baseball. I am not going to eat the gum tonight. I did that last time. That's enough for now. Okay. So, Victor. Let's get into it, and then we'll, we'll get into a bit about you. I want to start with you, and then we're going to get into uh, what's going on in, in the chat with the guests. Victor, you're a little bit frozen on me right now, but say something so I know I can hear you. I'm here, Jay Lee. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. You're a little bit frozen. Make sure you make sure no one in the house is using your, your Netflix or your Wi-Fi, but let's get into it. So I want you to tell us a bit about your history in the hobby um, and specifically, I found it interesting that, you know, you left the hobby in 2004 and you sold everything you had. You came back in 2014. Yeah. Why don't you take us through your history in the hobby and let us know why did you leave in 04 and what brought you back in 2014? Yeah, yeah. I started, Jay Lee, as, as you said, in 1976 as a six-year-old. And I call that moment when the seed was planted. It was at that point that you know, mom would come home with groceries and I was always pursuing the uh, food and beverage issues that were very prevalent in that day. Uh, and I continued 
uh, with that for a couple of years, but it wasn't until 1981, the summer of 1981, where my dad would um, come home from work and on payday, every Friday, my dad would bring me a candy bar. Um, and that was only when I was on good graces. Okay, but one particular summer Friday, he brought home baseball cards instead. And he got the packs from this guy that he works with. I guess this guy uh, worked at the mill with him, but uh, his side gig was was selling cards. And he kind of introduced my dad into uh, some cards. And my, my dad came home with a couple of handful of packs of Donruss and Fleer more specifically. And so that was the point where I became a collector. Yeah, I was in 1981, I guess. And I, st and I was a collector... I continued all through the 80s, and it seemed like every year I was getting more and more serious as a collector. And come 1994, I decided to become a collector slash dealer uh, uh, regionally. I didn't do any nationals or anything like that, but I was doing a lot of shows regionally. And so it wasn't, uh, and I kept doing that. It wasn't around 2001, uh, Jay Lee. I started getting really frustrated. With, with the hobby, more particular with rookie cards. And it wasn't, it was around 2003 that I just, it was just leaving such a bad taste in my mouth. And it was just the overproduction of products. You see, I grew up, we grew up in the 80s and 90s. And, and the concept then was you collect, you made us one set of everything. You collected everything. And I did that all through the 80s. And I did that halfway through the 90s even. I collected everything. But then the 2000s start rolling around and things just the overproduction of product and I was trying to keep up. And by 2004, I had just been completely burned out, I guess you can say. Um, but the other thing, Jay Lee, was, you know, I, I have five children. And so it had, it had gone to, yeah. It had gotten to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm away from home every single weekend doing card shows. Um, I'm spending money that I really don't have. And when you're raising five children, you don't have the kind of income to just dispense on cards like that all the time. So I tapped out. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And I took 10 years, like 10 years off. And I ended up raising my family, my kids, you know, several of them have left home already. And so I, I progressed in my career as well. And so now, okay, now I can get back into this. And so in 2014, I came back and I was wondering, you know, kind of what's going on in the hobby and YouTube was prevalent. And so I just typed in on YouTube baseball cards. And I couldn't believe how many videos were available on, on sports cards. And, and, the, and the very first video I watched was um, Baseball Card Junkies TV. That was the first recommended video that YouTube gave me. And I watched that first video, Jay Lee, and I was, I was hooked. Here we go again. I'm back, per se, right? Yeah. And um, so, so that's really how I got started again in 2014. I started doing a lot of breaks at the very beginning, and then I switched over to doing uh, buying collections. And what I would do is uh, join Facebook groups for like yard sale groups in my area locally, 
and I'd wake up on Saturday morning and I would just post on those yard sale groups. Hey, anybody got any sports cards for sale? I'm looking and I would get hits and then here we go. And I would just start shopping for, for uh, collections. Um, but it wasn't, you know, I started noticing, man, this is a lot of work. When you buy collections, it, it is a ton of work. And so it was, I was kind of like, I want to get back to what I love. I don't, I realized that I, I don't want to be a seller. I want to be a collector. And so I made the decision, I'm going back to my rookie cards and I'm just going to collect. Okay. And so I was always a PSA, PSA graded rookie cards had always appealed to me since the early 2000s. And now I see that they have set registries. And I was like, oh man, I loved the concept of the set registries. So I, I started a couple of set registries and I started shopping on eBay. And as I'm looking at eBay, I'm starting to notice everything and anything is, is like a rookie card. And I even, I was making purchases. I, I brought one out as an example. I started a Frank Thomas set registry, okay? And I purchased this card. 1990 score traded to Frank Thomas. And I was really excited. I brought it home and I go to, to enter it into my set registry and it wouldn't take. And I'm like, what, what the heck is wrong with PSA's website now? Well, I, I started investigating further. This card is not listed in the set registry. And I'm like, well, why isn't it listed in the set registry? It's a Frank Thomas rookie card. And I come to find out no, it is not a Frank Thomas rookie card because this is the traded set. The traded set is an extension of the regular set and he already has a rookie card in the regular set. So all of this was just like an epiphany to me. But now I go shopping for Francisco Lindor and Javi Baez. And I, but I'm starting to notice that from 2014 to 2016, Everything and, and everything in between is a rookie card. <laughs> on eBay, and, when you say that, you mean on eBay as advertised, right? Yes, correct, yeah. correct. And so that's what, what really led me to, to start doing research. And I researched this. I went hobby forums, books, articles, blog posts. Uh, I left no no rock unturned. And for five years, I studied and dissected this rookie card issue that I had. And, and so that was, that was the start of it where I started putting the pieces together of the history of the rookie card. And so what I did was I started a, a blog on the topic, and I, it's, it's alltimegreats.blog is the name of my website. But all my findings and all my research, my blog was kind of like my, this is where I'm documenting my findings and I'm just, I'm just figuring this thing out step by step. And so that's what led into a five part series on my website and on my YouTube channel. Which we will, which goes through what you've discovered and your, your theories, if you will, your thoughts on the rookie card. So we'll, we will get to that. So Okay, well, so I feel like I have a good understanding of your history in the hobby, which I always like to go through, especially when we're going to talk about something technical, like the like what a rookie card is and, and the issues around it. It's nice to know that you're, you know, you've been in the hobby one way or another since 1976. 
you did when you took that break for 10 years were you completely out or were you still monitoring were you buying packs what what happened during those 10 years uh, yeah that's hobby if anything that, yeah that's a great question i didn't i would pick up on occasion i would pick up a baseball beckett and i would just kind of keep up to snuff with with hobby happenings Okay, sounds good. Okay, so we're guys. We're gonna get into uh, a lot of what Victor has has learned, and and uh, you know, really, um, as, as he mentioned, he's got a series of videos on his YouTube channel, and you'll notice in the ticker right now, I'm saying to subscribe to his YouTube channel. It is All Time Greats Blog. That's the name of it on YouTube. Let's get this guy a whole bunch of more subscribers tonight. And uh, and then, you know, after you watch this, you can go and watch watch the collection of videos he's got on his channel as well to really get a rounded out understanding of where he's coming from. In the, before we jump in, Victor, because I got I'm looking at my notes right now. I've got a heading. It says the rookie card. And then I got like eight bullets underneath it. So we're going to go through these bullets pretty much one at a time. Before we do, let's just see who we have with us. Mike Truman in the house. Interesting topic. I agree. Welcome, Mike. Bobby Burrell a hobby historian, someone you talk to regularly, someone who's also trying to help provide knowledge, understanding to the hobby really generously. So welcome to the show, Bobby. Rocco, good evening to you. Looking forward to the rookie roundup tonight. Let's have a Lou Pinella rookie night. All right. Jeff McMahon, hello. Hello to you. We got Terry in the house. We got Cardboard Max. Bobby Baseball is looking for, yeah, who wouldn't want to talk about rookie cards? I mean, I'll talk about rookie cards 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No problem. We got name in the house, indigenous rookie cards. Welcome to the show, name. Speaking of name, name is working with Upper Deck on bringing out, bringing up. He's actually consulting with Upper Deck and Chris Carlin, who name is working wow. with to provide rookie cards of indigenous players who uh, who made the NHL but never had cards. Chris Carlin this morning was a guest on Hobby Hotline and was talking about this. I thought that was pretty cool. Frank Estella, good evening to you. Your Red Wings are lighting up the Blackhawks. Congrats. Good for you. My, my my Calgary Flames, who have been not very good this season, won a nice game this morning before I even realized that they had played. Jeremy Pringle, my man, good evening. Welcome to the show. My boy Joe Perot from Santa Cruz, welcome. We got Charles. Charles will be joining me on After Hours tonight. Joe Robb, first time live. Watch lots of previous. Thank you, Joe. It's great to have you live. Dennis Lascombe Sr., always here. Always happy to see you. We got Nick in the house. Saturday's now complete with a night of sports cars live. Mine too, man. Here we go. Hockey, hockey. Bring it on the Friday night, Saturday night heat. You betcha. Here's a question for you, Victor. Joe is curious if you have a favorite Roberto Clemente card besides the obvious rookie. Joe's a fan of the 63 tops high numbers. How about you, Victor? Anything that uh, sticks out for you? 68 tops. I absolutely love it. There we go. There you go, Joe. Steve Menzi, who runs the Toronto Sports Card Expo. Welcome to the show, Steve. And I got to say, Steve, uh, Steve, met, he got it right here, uh, Victor. Your backdrop puts me to shame, which most do. I love what you've done. Now, guys, Victor actually has a video on his channel talking about when, when he switched from his old backdrop to the new one and going through building it and all that and how you put the cards in and the lights. Yep. So anyway, really cool. I love the backdrop. Tiger Jordan says, "Nice shelf display. How do you choose what cards?" Yeah, here, let's ask. Let's let's touch this on this one right now, Victor. How do you? How did you decide what's in that uh, backdrop there? And do you ever change them? Change them out? I have not. I've only had this set up for probably a couple of months, but I, uh, I I had a really hard time choosing which ones 
to put up. I had a hard time with like how high of a dollar amount card do I want to leave there. I also struggled with, you know, I wanted to just go strictly rookie Hall of Fame rookie cards because that's kind of like my cup of tea. So I wanted to do just everything rookie card, but it doesn't really, um, I, I collect more than just rookie cards. So it didn't really represent me as a collector. And so I did put other pieces of the puzzle in there as well. Very cool. Well, look, it looks great. It's a, it's a great backdrop. Near Mint Musing says Victor is the man. Yeah, there you go. We got you got a fan in the house, Victor. Charles, good evening to you. Dennis, good evening. We got my buddy Daniel here. Colin Murray, good evening to you. Team Otters win. Yeah, another fan of the backdrop. Sports card review. Good evening. Hockey Cod, good to see you. We got Paul in the house. Paul Cashman, glad you are here. He enjoys your channel. There you go, Victor. Paul Tim Barron. Hey. Paul, Paul, C., Paul C. always says, the rookie card, the phrase that pays. <laughs> the phrase that, there you go. There you go. Kelly Winters, good evening. Good evening. Joe likes to hear about the 68 tops. Michael Ham Fishing and Sports Card Review, good evening to you. Hockey Cod wants a tour of the back. We'll save that, but maybe later we can uh, get you can pull some of those cards up and show us some of your favorites. Paul agrees with the 68 tops. Go Flames. The unlucky breaker. Knowledge of the history is the key to the longevity of the card industry. I like that. Knowledge of the history is the key to the longevity of the card industry. That's, That's cool. Good. We'll take Thank you for that unlucky breaker. All right, we are at the end of the comments. It's nice to get there. We can take a little break from them now, Victor, and let's get into the meat and potatoes of, of really what you're doing with your blog on YouTube, and that is the rookie card. So first subtopic I have is uh, the view of the rookie card and the importance in the hobby. What can you, How can you speak to that? The view of the rookie card is and i'll get into it in a little bit more detail later on jay lee but i think it's there's a, a misconception uh that i i believe that it's up to the individual collector to decide what a rookie card is and and that historically when you look at that belief system it, it's not it's not working it's causing a lot of confusion and when we when we look at the hobby historically, we see that there has been a lot of debates, opinions, and and ideas on on what is a rookie card, and and it's caused a lot of confusion. And and there's all kinds of collectors, right? And I, I wrote them all down, Jay Lee, and I found that there's about 23 different types of collectors, more or less. But what all those types of collectors have is a common agreement that the rookie card is perhaps the most important and most influential card in the hobby. But because we both, because everybody agrees that it's, that it's the card, the most important, don't think that I painted you a picture of peace, love, and unity within the hobby about the rookie card. On the contrary, the rookie card has been one of the most divisive topics in the hobby. Okay. So, so it's, you know, and I agree with you, the view, there's so many different views of what the rookie card right. is, right? There, there's some that are obvious. There's some that are very easy to understand. 
Yet even in the simplicity of understanding some of these, the hobby doesn't even recognize them as rookie cards. And the best example that I can think of is the hobby's misguided position that the 52 tops Mickey Mantle is a rookie card when it's just clearly not. The true rookie is the 51 Bowman. So in your research and your discussions with various people, I know you've even had the the privilege of speaking with Dr. James James Beckett about this. You've been on on his uh, podcast talking about rookie cards. So you're no slouch when it comes to this. Why do you think the hobby, and this isn't the hobby of the 2020s, this is the hobby of the last 40 years. Why do you think the hobby is just not really willing to get to, to give up on the 52 tops mantle being a rookie card. I, I think Jay Lee, and that's a, that's a great question, but it comes down to three things. We're either ignorant, uncertain, or we just have a blatant disregard altogether on what the hobby has established as the rookie card being the 51 Bowman mantle as an, as a primary example. Yeah, because I mean, it, it it's it clearly came out in 1951. The tops came out the year later. To me, I think that I think the reason is is because the 52 tops Mickey Mantle is such a beautiful specimen of cardboard. It's 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 obviously iconic. That goes without saying, and it's iconic because of the image on it, and it's also iconic because apparently. Lots of cases of of the of the top. It's a high number card. Lots of these cases were thrown into the o- into the ocean and and off the coast of New York or wherever it was, and uh, and these things just disintegrated and in, in the water. Right? So so there's fewer of them out there than maybe the yeah. rest of the set. It's a rare card for that reason. It's a rare card because of just natural. Uh, wear and tear on these things from 1952. Of course, before the time before the time of penny sleeves and top loaders. And again, it's it's iconic image. The thing that I that I kind of shake my head at though is the fifty one Bowman is a beautiful card in its own right as well. So I've it always is. kind of wondered, you know, because you'll see on big big companies listings on eBay, they will put RC or rookie card beside the fifty two tops mantle, and to me, that's just misinformation, and it. You know, it, it's a lie, really. It's a lie. But is it really a lie if many people consider Like, what are your thoughts on this? Is it truly misinformation or a lie if so many people in the hobby, in their own mind, consider it to be a rookie card? Like, how do we get past that? Oh, I think education, Jay Lee. We got we to gotta educate ourselves. I mean, the hobby is growing. We, we got to we kind of have to grow up a little bit and kind of understand and, and learn about our past. So then we can evaluate current day and only then can we get a, a path towards the future. Um, but to just like to blatantly disregard and just, this is, this is what I say it is. It's, it's, it's irresponsible. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it is. And I, I, I also agree that it it's comes down to education and just more people talking about it, perhaps, and, and getting it out there. Because, 
you know, and I don't think it would take anything. We're talking about this 52 tops mantle specifically right now. Um, I don't think, I don't think that stripping it of the RC designation, which it never earned in the first place would do the card any damage. It's still, it's still probably the most recognizable card in the whole hobby, maybe besides the Michael Jordan rookie at this point in time, but still a very, very important card. And there's a, there's actually, there's a little bit of hair on the Michael Jordan rookie too, that we're Mm -hmm. going to talk about shortly, but let's, I've already skipped ahead of myself. We'll come back to some of that. So we agree the rookie card is, is important in the hobby. I think everybody agrees with that. There's various views on it. And uh, depending on the card, some different opinions on what's what, what are, you know, there's some issues around rookie cards that have really started since the nineties, let's say parallels, insert cards, those sorts of things. Um, Speak a bit about the the rookie card status of a of a of a of a true rookie cards parallel. And if anyone watching doesn't know what we mean by parallel, you've got the standard card, say a young guns rookie or a a prism a prism base rookie in basketball or just a tops rookie in 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 baseball. And then you've got a card that looks the exact same or very similar, maybe with some added foil and a serial number that makes it a parallel. What Victor? What's the status of parallels in terms of their rookie card, the the the, the rookie cardedness? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's something I want to I want to I want to talk about that, Jay Lee. But can I can I go into like the history of the rookie card, and then as we go we go through that, we will hit on those on those questions that you asked there. By all um, means. Okay, let let me start that. Let me start there. I'm going to start in 1980 because it's probably the most pivotal moment of the hobby per se but in 1980 clarence uh newcomer was a pennsylvania judge and he was the the judge for the uh lawsuit against thompson fleer now this judge in my opinion should be in the hobby if there was a a hobby hall of fame he should be a, a a pioneer for for the hobby but he made the decision that Tops can no longer run this monopoly of sports cards and bubblegum. And he granted Fleer the right to print um, cards. So Fleer did not waste any time, neither did Donruss. The very next year, 1981, they started producing cards. And now collectors, they just, uh, they've always had just one rookie card to collect. Well, now they had three. So that was game on. That's exciting for collectors. Well, something else very interesting happened in 1981, and that was Fernando Valenzuela, uh, the, the rookie phenom pitcher for the Dodgers. And he, uh, at least in my memory, was the first rookie hype. You, you, you talk about Luca. No, man, Fernando Valenzuela, back in 1981, took the nation by storm. And everybody just loved this guy and what he was doing. And everybody loved his cards his, and everybody. And because we had now three manufacturers instead of one, man, this just really, there was a, such a demand for his rookie cards. Well, that started generating this excitement for rookie cards. And then it just continued. 82, we had Cal Ripken. 83, we had, there it is, Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs, and Come 1984, well, we had who? We had Don Mattingly, who was also um, really, really big. That was a 
when that Don Mattingly, 1984 Donruss came out, I remember I was, I was a young man, but that was such hype. And, and we're talking back in that era, I think, I don't know, I, I think there was more people pursuing cards back then than there are today. I know there's a big buzz in, in, the, in the hobby today, but I think back then it, it was probably bigger. Um, but what else happened in 1984 was um, competition, right? And so Topps released the Topps Tiffany set for the very first time. Donra started releasing these little subset cards, you know, All-Star and Hall of Fame, little subsets. And Fleer came out with a 1984 Fleer update. And they ended up um, kind of copying what Topps was doing. And they created their own update set in the 1984. So we talk about all these card manufacturers creating competition. And everybody just loves the competition because of all of the cool designs and all of the cards and options that collectors had, but competition also brought a very intense rookie card rivalry. And it was a race to who was going to get the rookie card printed first. And so what they were doing was releasing these update sets early on, or, or I should say late in the season, I'm sorry. And what they would do was the August and September call-ups they would include them into those update sets. That's what happened with the 1984 Roger Clemens. So he was included in the FLIR update because it's a race to get, whoever gets the rookie card first is the product that's gonna explode. Well, now 1985 comes up and everybody puts rookie cards of Roger Clemens. Now some collectors said, oh, wait a minute. How can, how can these be rookie cards? if he has this 84 FLIR update. This was the first car released, so this is the rookie card. And so it caused a lot of bickering within the hobby on which one was which. Well, this continued, and then in 1986, there was another big blow up with Barry Bonds, and they did the exact same thing. Now, you had two or three other card manufacturers printing Barry Bonds cards in the 1986 update sets. And then in 1987, they print more Barry Bonds rookie cards and Beckett publication deemed the 87s as the rookie card. And then here we go again, there was a big uproar of disagreement that the 87s are not, but it's the 86 that are the true rookie. So in an effort to bring peace and understanding within the hobby, Beckett publications started that XRC identifier to kind of just bring clarity to, to both sets of cards. And, and a lot of times I, I laugh because a lot of collectors or some collectors have believed that the XRC means extra rookie card, when in reality it stands for extended rookie card. And so that's how that XRC thing started off. I'm gonna be doing a video on the XRC in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. So. We, we continue on, Jay, what I'm trying to point out, Jay Lee, is the, the, the disagreements that have been going on throughout the decades on the rookie card, okay? That's what I'm, I'm leading up to. So now we get to 1991, which is the birth of the, the insert card per se, the insert card era. And uh, there, there was a lot of debate there on rookie players 
inside of insert sets. And so the hobby kind of had to navigate through that. And it, had, it was deemed at that point that insert cards are not rookie cards. It was deemed by hobby publications. And if you talk to Dr. James Beckett, he is, has a very adamant conviction that the hobby decides. And all he was doing was recording what the hobby wanted. And so in, in early, early 90s, the hobby decided that inserts are not rookie cards. And then we come into 1997, where we now parallels start showing up and surfacing. And it's, it's okay, here we go. Now we have three, four rookie cards of the same player in the same set. And so that started a whole new wave of disagreement. Which way do we go? The hobby back then decided that parallels are not rookie cards. A lot of people agreed with that. A lot of people didn't agree with that. And so here we are. Now, 2000 comes along, turn of the century. Now we have autographed rookie cards that come out. And, and so that, there's another layer. And now these autographed uh, cards are serial numbered. So that included another layer of frustration into the equation. And then we get into 2001 with Ichiro and Albert Pujols. They, and, and this is what I considered the overproduction era, the overproduction of product. Um, those two guys, Pujols and Ichiro, have 41 different rookie cards. And by 2003, when LeBron James came out, LeBron James has 63 official rookie cards. 63. <laughs> 63. And so it's like, wow, what is going on here? Um, so, so that is then is what, what we had to figure out was a lot of people was frustrated. The hobby was frustrated with what was going on uh, in the hobby. And come November of 2004, the ML, the Major League Baseball Players Association, they stepped in. And this is the key, the, the key moment in the history of the rookie card that I believe is, is a very big deal that we got to pay attention to. But the MLBPA basically gave, gave stepped in and said that there's going to be changes because, and I quote, consumer confusion is the reason why the MLBPA stepped in. And so in May of 2005, the MLBPA released a press conference. And in that press conference, uh, Evan Kaplan, who was the director of licensing, had this press conference and basically uh, laid out the changes that need to occur with the rookie card. Okay, and he ended up saying, and, I, and I'm gonna quote him here. I, I love what he, the way he explained it. He says, in baseball, as in other sports, a player's rookie card should only be produced in the season in which he reaches the major leagues for the first time. Now you can, here's what happened around this time, Jay Lee. And here's an episode of Beckett, issue number 247, 2005. And the hobby was trying to answer this question. Is the rookie card broken? Hmm. And so this was the dawn of a new era, per se, because now the MLBPA had stepped in and started 
communicating expectations to the industry on what is and is not allowable in the rookie card. You with me so far? I'm with you. I'm with you, Matt. I'm, I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I'm racking up questions as we're going, and I'm just sort of writing them down so I can come back to them. But uh, yeah, I'm with you all the way. Let's keep going. Okay. And so, in my in my in my video series that I have, that's where I ended the history of the rookie card uh, in 2005. Okay. And then I, I my next video is which I call the Ten Commandments of the rookie card. And here's where I, I basically was looking at, okay, through the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, we had all this confusion and frustration. Um, and now today, it seems like anything and everything is a rookie card. It's up to the, whatever the collector says is a rookie card, that's what it is. But all that's doing is causing more confusion and frustration too. So we haven't really gotten anywhere. And here's where I propose, Jay Lee, here's where I propose looking at our history. When you have chaos in society of, of confusion and frustration, I propose that the rookie card has to be and should be regulated by rules. Now, I, I know I hate to say the word rules because rules starts rubbing people the wrong way. Call it, put any adjective you want in there. Rookie card guidelines, rookie card boundaries, rookie card standards. What I believe the fix for this situation is that the, the, the rookie card should be governed by a set of standards and they need to be defined. So I created this list and I took this article. This half this, half this issue deals with the MLBPA. So I read all of this and I wrote down all the expectations that the MLBPA came up with. And those are the first five commandments. Okay. Okay. And then the second five commandments are historically what the hobby has decided what a rookie card is. Now, there were more than five, but some of them have, are obsolete because the PA's rules kind of made them obsolete. So the remaining six through 10 are what the hobby has decided what a rookie card is. And, and go ahead. Well, I no. So I'm various rookie card standards are running through my mind right now, you know, needs to be widely available, needs to be pulled out of a pack, needs to have a print run mm -hmm. higher than a minimum of what, whatever 99, you know, I want to get into some of those things later, but so, and I'm guessing that the, that, uh, I think you said his name was Taplin. Was that his name from? Um... Evan Claplin was the director of licensing at that time. I, don't, I, don't, I think he still has that position. Okay. I'll call him I, Evan because yeah. I'm not sure what his last name is. So Evan, Evan, Evan Kaplan. Taplin with a T? K, K-A-P-L-A-N. Evan Kaplan. Okay. So Evan yeah. Kaplan, I'm guessing that he did not say that, okay, there has to be a print run with a, a minimum of 99. I'm guessing that's more of a hobby uh, guideline or commandment, if you will. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay, so some of the other questions I had along the way. The FLIR updates. I remember the, I remember the 84 FLIR update set. You could get the, the Kirby Puckett and, and the Roger Clemens were, were big cards in that set. Yeah. How does the hobby... So, so and, and 
Beckett Publications at the time gave it an XRC, but it gave the 85 cards of those players from that same manufacturer the actual rookie card designation, which to me doesn't make sense. Why would the rookie card be from 85 if they had a card in 84 that was like part of the main part of the main set or an extension of the main set? Has where is the hobby right now on those Fleer update rookies? Well, I'll tell you why they did that, Jay Lee, because a long-time hobby standard was that a card has to be in pack form distributed nationally. And back in the 80s, those update sets were only available to hobby shops, and they only came in little boxes of 132-count cards. So right there is two disqualifiers for the rookie card designation. Okay, good good answer. And this is one where, you know, where my personal thoughts and my personal thoughts on what I, it's so funny because I say what I consider to be a rookie card, but I'm not going to argue with the hobby, right? If the hobby says it's this, I'm good with that. But it's more or less what I'm willing to put in my collection as a representation of that player in their career. Um, sometimes I'm willing to go outside of what the hobby says in that case. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get to some of that later, I suppose. But so, so the hobby is still currently saying that those 84 updates are XRC, so extended rookie cards, which doesn't even make sense, that terminology, because extended from what? If they're extended, why aren't they still rookie cards? They're extended from a set from, they're extended from a base set, but were issued in a different format. So, okay. And th- as you can see, I mean, I'm even talking in circles a little bit here. This is where yeah. some of the frustration and the, and the confusion lies is just in every individual yeah. person trying to figure it out for themselves. And here's the thing. Some, a lot of people believe like you do. And a lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people yeah. say, no, they got it right. <laughs> right. Okay. So the next question I had was with respect to print runs. And because you, you were going through the history of the hobby and you took us to, you know, the early 2000s, which in, for what I, from what from my uh, recollection, we started seeing serially numbered rookie cards as early. I know in, in hockey, which is my my biggest strength in terms of the sports, we started seeing serial serially numbered rookie cards. I mean, really becoming a thing in around 2000. But I know we had them in the in the like I can think of some Sedin cards that were numbered in like the 97 or 98 season as well. Um, where does the hobby lie on serially numbered rookie cards? And, you know, there was a time when I remember Beckett said, not Dr. Beckett, but the magazine itself had said that that in order for a card to be a rookie card, it has to have at least 100 copies printed. And then they bent that rule to include 99 because 99 was just a sexier number for a card. How much confusion did that bring the hobby at the time with these all of a sudden these serially numbered cards? Because then there was another. So hold on to that thought, because then there was another product that came out in hockey. It was called it was called Titanium. And they put out a rookie card of the player that was numbered to the player's jersey number. So if you were if you were a goaltender who often wear number one or 31 and you wore number one, you had one card in the set. And there's a very famous card in hockey. It's a Ty Conklin card from 2000 Titanium. And it was only pulled a few years ago, you know, 17 years after it was uh, released. And the hobby accepts that, as far as I know, as a rookie card. So where does the, where in your view of where we stand, what was the confusion like with these 
serially numbered cards? And where are we at with these these rookie cards that are numbered out of out of a player's jersey number? I'm not aware of that issue that you brought up with the up to 99. First it was 100, then they moved it to 99. I'm unaware of that one, so I, I can't speak to that. Uh, but you're, you're, the other part of your question is wh- where are we with uh, – see, and this is the why, Jay Lee, because um, you, you have questions, and you, you're asking me the questions, and I'm really not sure. This is why – this is case in point to my argument. This is why – we need a set of guidelines and a set of standards so that when a question does arise, we have something to reference to. Now, as far as parallels are concerned, serial numbered parallels, which is, that's like the big craze in the hobby. Everybody loves their, their paralleled rookie cards. And I'm, it's, I'm of the position that a parallel card is, it's a variant. It's a, it's a copy of the original. And so I take the view and the stance that I do not consider parallels rookie cards. But in the, in the, in the atmosphere of flipping and investing, that's like salt on a wound. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody agrees with that. But looking at the hobby historically, um, I still don't see parallel cards as rookie cards, serial numbered or not. Now, do I think they're cool? Absolutely. Would I collect them? Absolutely. I have some. Are they valuable? Obviously, they're valuable. But as far as them having a true, pure rookie card designation in my collection, it's not going to happen. So sounds to me, you know, I think if we're going to go by the traditional view of a rookie card we're gonna be we're gonna really narrow that that the 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 boundaries down and it's going to be very a a more finite amount of cards that can that can hold the rc designation and the the parallel one is a really big one for me personally because if you think about it parallels of important rookie cards are often way more valuable Mm -hmm. and more highly desirable because of their rarity and and oftentimes their aesthetics versus their the the, ba- the base rookie for that card. So if we take that if we take that position, we're almost saying that you know the while the rookie card is important, it's not it's not as val it's it's just there are more valuable rookie year cards that look just like the rookie card than the rookie card itself. It almost might it could almost devalue the rookie card. Not devalue because there because if there are more valuable parallels, it's oftentimes where, right the value is right where it should be. I, I would argue, but because for me as a collector, I like the rookie card, the base copy, but I even like more the rare parallel. And if I, as someone who has been a rookie card collector my whole life, I've now evolved my collecting to say, okay, you know. And think of a Ken Griffey Jr. Upper Deck rookie, one that everybody knows about. Card number one, the first Upper Deck card of all time. You know, that rookie card is very interesting and very important. If it had a parallel that was number to 1,000 or 100 or 10 or 1, it would be way more valuable than the, than the Upper Deck card, than, than the, the true rookie card. I want So to me, it's almost like these parallels, in my mind, I consider them rookie cards, even though that's 
but I don't consider them to, to earn the RC designation. So it's kind of like, okay. what did I just say there? I consider them rookie cards, but not to get the RC designation. But that yeah. makes sense in my head somehow, you know? Right. And I'm also willing to, because I want to have a rookie card of all these different players, I'm willing to not have the true RC in favor of the parallel RC. Does that mean that we need to change the the the, the rookie card designation from being RC to TRC for true rookie card or something like that, and then use the RC designation to cover that card and its family of parallels? That's that's a great question, and I'm, there there needs to be a resolve in that in that area. I really truly believe it. But let me let me paint it to you this way, JV. Now, if I'm if I'm a flipper and investor, I love the parallels, man. The parallels are where it's at, right? Yeah. But now, if I'm if I'm a collector. And I really want to collect Vladimir Guerrero. And I want to, I want to become a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, super collector. And I want to get all his cards. Super collector, yeah, player collectors are getting really frustrated because Vladimir Guerrero Jr., his tops chrome, has 29 parallels in it. Yeah. And, and the, price, the price goes up with each variant. And so super collectors are sitting here going like, I, forget it. You, you see what I'm saying? So it, it like benefits one group, but it doesn't benefit the other group. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm thinking about it as a collector and an investor. I, I'm both right in the middle, let's say. So as a, as a, but to me, they're, I'm just one guy. I'm not two guys. It's not, you know, Jeremy, the investor and Jeremy, the collector, two separate people. I'm, I'm one guy that does both at the same time. So I try to find a card that that for a specific player that satisfies both of my needs. One of, I want this person's rookie card for my collection because I collect rookie cards. And then I want it to be something that is going to hold its value, maybe appreciate in value over time. Something that I'm not just, you know, as I've said on a prior episode, something that goes on my balance sheet, not on my income statement. And so, so but it's interesting, man, I mean... <laughs> You know, if anyone come, came here watching to watch this this episode tonight, was thinking you were going to come away with the rules or or what is a what is a rookie card, what isn't? I don't know that we're going to get there. I don't know that Victor's got there, but he has a plan at least, and we'll get to that a little bit later as well. Um, okay, I also wanted to ask you about uh, Evan Kaplan when he did this for baseball. To your to your knowledge, did the other sports follow that lead? I don't, I don't believe so. Uh, I believe the NBA and the NFL, I'm not sure about hockey, but the NFL and NBA, they have, um, their license is, um, they have usage rights, meaning they only need one license. So it's not really an issue for those sports. And a lot of times when they, their draft picks are immediately utilized into their rosters. And baseball, on the other hand, they have exclusive rights, meaning there's, they have some stipulations involved. And so when a player usually gets drafted, he's not in the major leagues right away. He goes to the minor league system. Right. You know, I'm just thinking like all this confusion around it. Let's let's just put the blame on the card manufacturers for getting so creative and coming up with all these different sets and insert sets and parallels. And par- and and never mind. So we got you got you got the base set. You got parallels. You got inserts, and then you've got parallels of inserts, which is a whole other thing. 
which I, I love parallels of inserts because they're often the rarest cards in the product. They're often case hits and that kind of, anyway, that's a bit yeah. off topic. Um, I also want, you know, as the card manufacturers evolved in their creativity and in from, from a, from the, the standpoint of competition and keeping things fresh and the demand of the hobby from the hobby on them or from the, the demand for, from collectors onto the manufacturers to keep things fresh they evolved over time, and it's because of that that we have all this confusion, as well as different distribution channels, whether it's retail or hobby, right? You get some, there's confusion in what cards came in each of those different channels or distribution channel or formats. So very, very, very complex, right? Does anything uh, kind of stick out to you from those comments? Yeah, and I think... Um... And it would really, it really rolls into, I'll just roll into my, my third video on this series. And that's the future of, of the rookie card. And in that video, I propose two things, Jeremy, that I think are very, very crucial. And that's proper communication within the hobby. We need to get better at, 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 at calling it what it is and not what we want it to be. Now, there's this belief and this mindset, and it's a very strong one, that says, they're my cards. They're go I'm going to call them rookie cards if I want to, and nobody can tell me different. And I agree with that. Within the confines of your home, I say, you call them whatever you want, man. They're your cards. And if you believe a, a fifth-year Derek Jeter card is a rookie card, hey, that's what it is, because it's your <laughs> card. But when you go public with that belief, I think you're now part of the problem. And if we just get a little bit of verbiage, if we can just clearly define what we're looking at here, I think it'll be healthy for the hobby overall. And this is why I'm a big advocate for ComC. And they've developed a system that I believe is rock solid. Uh, and, and they have rookie card identifiers for every card. Now they're not all 100% accurate, but most of them are accurate. But they designate their cards uh, with a pre-rookie card, rookie card, and rookie year. So it gives us, oh, okay, I start, I, I, I can understand now. And, and I think it would be very, very good if we can just maybe adopt something that we already know, which is ComC. If we have a question or we're uncertain if, if a card is a rookie card or not, we can look at Beckett's database. We can go to ComC and let's see what ComC calls this card. And it yeah. would be very, very helpful. The bottom line is this. Listen, I believe as of 2005 to present, Jay Lee, I don't have the authority. The hobby no longer has the authority. The hobby had the authority prior to 2005, but today the hobby doesn't have the authority either. And so we have to, at, at some point, pivot and learn the new way so we can preserve the rookie card. The rookie card, I believe, is sacred, and it needs to be respected and protected by us, the collectors. But it seems like because we're ignorant, uncertain, or because we may have an agenda, we've muddied the waters and there's a lot of confusion. And, and, and here's the big part. And I don't, I don't even know 
if I want to get into this, Jay Lee, but I, I think we need to. Okay? okay, let's do it. There's this this statement within the hobby that says the hobby decides what a rookie card is. And I don't know what it is about that statement, but it's always rubbed me the wrong way. And, and, and it wasn't until I got on, 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 I had the opportunity to be on Dr. James Beckett's podcast and some of his closing statements, and he was very adamant that the hobby decides. And after a few days were going by and I was just looking at that, that, that statement was just gnawing at me, man. And I, and I started, what is my problem with that statement? Because it is, it's, it's empowering. It's, it's power to the people, right? It's, it's the hobby telling the card manufacturers, you don't tell us, we'll tell you type of mentality, right? So it's, it should be power to the people, but it's not, it's not what we're doing. It's not what we're doing. In one hand, we say the hobby decides. And then on the other hand, the hobby also says that we'll, we'll never come to consensus on what a rookie card is. Yeah. So it's like, wait, what the hell kind of, Jaylee, and I don't mean to, but it, it's just, it's so frustrating because we contradict ourselves. The hobby decides, and then you start talking about the rookie card and you try talking things through and coming to a resolution and trying to figure things out. And, and we just get into this male ego, right? The male ego kicks in and you don't tell me. And so, well, we're, we're never just, we're never going to agree on what a rookie card is. And so what happens? More confusion, more confusion. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I hear you and I, I, I can understand why that statement didn't resonate with you after a couple of days. And I think, be, uh, to, to sum it up, what I'm hearing is that the hobby hasn't decided. If the hobby would have decided, the hobby Bingo. would have decided by now. Bingo. Hobby what, if we de- what have we decided? Nothing. Nothing. We, we, haven't, <laughs> we haven't really decided yet. So so the hobby hasn't really decided. I also want to touch on um, when we talk about, the like, some people might say, who cares? Call it what you want. Like, who cares? What? Why does it even matter? And you said... It's important. It, it's uh, the rookie card is is uh, I forget the word you used, but it's an important. Sacred. It's an, say again. Sacred. It's sacred within our hobby, and I think it is too. Um, but the reason why we need some sort of standard to follow mm-hmm. is because of the public advertisements of cards for sale, whether that's on eBay, mm-hmm. Com Facebook, whatever, whatever platform it is that you're selling on, you could even be at a card show and just put a little sticker and write RC on it and stick it on your card. If it's not a true RC, you're misleading a potential buyer. And I think that's what, where you really get your backup is because when you came back into the hobby, you were misled on that Frank Thomas score update card. And I was an experienced collector, Jay Lee. Um, and- I was experienced. Imagine the novice. Well, we have so many people coming back into the hobby right now, this year, last year, after being away for, from it for 20, 30, 40 years, a lot of people are coming back and they're going to be uh, up against the exact same thing that you were up against when you came back in 2014 in that they don't know, what, what do I believe? What, what is a rookie card? You know, it, it can be very challenging and very confusing. You look at a set of cards, not only are there a bunch that look the same, i.e. the parallels, but then there's the inserts that some of them look like 
they might just be the the rookie card itself. How do you sometimes tell? So, I Daily, with, yeah, Daily, I, I I totally and I had mentioned that we no longer have the authority, but this is where it's going to take leadership. Okay, I think uh, 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 the MLBPA needs to step in once again to bring clarity. Give us, give us. Let's let's all come together. The 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 MLBPA, the industry, hobby publications, collectors. Let's all come in and let's set up a set of standards that we can all go by. Because, and, and here's my, I believe they're already there. And it's in, in the Ten Commandments that I've written out. But that's just my version. And it's totally unofficial. Because those types of decisions need to come from the top. And once we have that, well, then now we can overrule opinions. Okay, now we have something to look at. And it comes down to the collectors need to comply with the rules instead of the rules complying to the collectors. We all want to call it whatever we want, and we want to put our own spin on it because we all have our reasons for it. And all we have is muddied water. That's it. Muddy water. And I think it's important because we want to we don't want someone to get a bad taste in their mouth who's just coming back into the hobby. I also think it's important because we, you know, as a hobby looking out for each other, collectors, we will often call out eBay sellers for doing something wrong, mislisting, whatever it is they may be doing, an error. Well, this is the same sort of thing because it's it's one thing that we just sort of accept. We just sort of accept that sellers can put our an R, put the, the letters R and C in any eBay listing that they want. And I, I mean, with a, within you know, they, they do that. We know that. And insert a parallel or the true RC. The other thing that I think of when I think about, uh, you know, applying some standards to them is that we're going to, the, the, the RC uh, designation is going to be used far less frequently than it is right now, just because it's going to, you know, parallels and inserts are going to be stripped of people's ability to use them. And if people still do use them when they're selling, I want to see them called out on it because you're misleading potential buyers. All that said, and COMC really started this designation being the RY, des- at least as far as I know, being the RY designation. To me, the RY designation is, is going to grow. That's where we've got potential because you take the RC designation away from a parallel or an insert that maybe never had it in the first place. I get that. But let's just, for the sake of discussion, Correct. take the RC designation away from insert inserts and parallels. And now you stick those cards with the RY designation the RY designation is all of a sudden going to become a very powerful, important, influential designation, maybe as important, even maybe more important than the RC designation simply because RY cards, or at least some RY cards, are more valuable and rarer than the rookie card that they are fashioned against or from. So I think RY, and that's where I've gone. And personally, in my collecting, I still like RCs, especially up until, say, 1990-something. I love the RC designation. But once the companies got more creative and the, the hobby evolved, really, in the mid-90s till present day, RC is a very limit, limited uh, uh, designation. It doesn't apply to many cards. I mean, sure, there's 20 Sidney Crosby rookies and 87 Luka, Luka Doncic rookie cards. But how many of them are RCs? How many of them are RYs? And will the RYs be what is almost like, and I can see there being two classes of RYs, right? There can be a subset card within a base set 
maybe a, a scoring leaders or something like that, an action card, whatever it may be. That's an RY card, but it's a it's a base card worth 10 cents. It doesn't really matter. Whereas you also have RY inserts, RY parallels. And so I can see RY becoming as important and as discussed upon as the RC is, because now you got to figure like, are there different types of RY? So, I mean, this isn't to get into the RY designation, although I think it's a natural way to go. What what are your, like, does this all make sense? And I'd love, you yeah. know, I haven't looked at the comments for a little while, but I'm wondering what everyone else thinks out there in terms of all this. I, w- I do want you to read your the Ten Commandments of the rookie card. If Unless you have anything else you want to say first, if you have them handy. I think you said you had them written down, so I'm hoping you do. Oh, no, I did not. I can probably pull them up on my iPad here. Okay, so, yeah, pull, pull those up. And while you're, while you're pulling it up, I'm just going to mention, so we've talked about RC. We've talked about RY. And uh, we've also talked about the XRC, which is a designation that I don't I don't even know if it belongs. And I got to think that through, but it's like, to, maybe it does. I guess it does. I guess they, it does because of some of the, some of the old commandments. Yeah. They don't, they don't really use it anymore. As far as uh, from, from my research, they, they've, they've gotten rid of that terminology, but they did grandfather in that stuff from like the eighties. The and, and there are a few sets scattered there where they were, there was such a mix up in card manufacturing that they were forced to designate it as an XRC because of the the uproar that it was causing within the hobby. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, while you're looking, I'm going to read some of the comments that have come in since I last looked at them, and we are, uh, yeah, I'm about 55 zero minutes behind, but uh, let's see what we had here. <laughs> Hockey Hockey says, from now on, Jeremy shall be referred to as Jay Lee, <laughs> which, is what, which is what Victor calls me. I think that's probably from my uh, Instagram handle. And guys, yep. I, I'm going to throw that up right now. If anyone uh, you want to, you're not yet, you want to follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, if you haven't joined our Facebook group for Sports Cards Live, that's where I post all the upcoming episodes. We have some conversations going on. Please feel free to join the Facebook group if you're a Facebook member. And it's going to ask you kind of for a referral. You can just say Sports Cards Live as a referral, but please do join the Facebook group. Give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter if you haven't yet. And also be sure while we have them here, Go to uh, go on YouTube and subscribe to Victor's channel, All Time Greats Blog. Yeah, I've been subscribed for a long time, and um, it's always a treat when Victor drops a video because you know a lot of thought went into it. He doesn't, you know, nothing against the daily video guys. I got good friends who do that too, but Victor's videos are um, they're certainly not daily, and uh, and uh, when they come out, you know, you're going to get a quality uh, a quality presentation from him. Do you have the Do you have the commandments ready to go? Yes. All right, I will. Uh, I'm going to do a few more comments and then we'll do those. All right. Okay. Want to welcome Brian Kingsley? Unlucky Breaker says in the 49 Jackie Robinson Leaf and Bowman, even though the 49 Leaf has 48 printed in, is a it's a tough one. Before yes, that's another one. Tiger Jordan, kind of like how the hobby considers the 86 Fleer the Michael Jordan rookie card as opposed to the 84 Star number 101, which is on another thing on my list of things to talk about. That particular. Uh, that particular situation. Mike Truman says, I love the 50, that the 52 mantle is more desirable than the 51 Bowman, a rare instance where the hobby says, I like this card more. So that, yeah. And I mean, that's coming back to what we were talking about half an hour ago, but that's true. The hobby likes it more, but that doesn't change it. It's like saying, 
Yeah, right. I like I like the '63 Corvette better than the '62 Corvette, so I'm going to call it a '62. You know, like it just doesn't make sense. But but I guess it's more. It's really from. It's got to be just stemmed from ignorance or uh, just a you know lack of information more than anything else. Education. Yeah, sim- simple as that. Uh, Unlucky Breaker says 52 Mantle has the story, but it is the first tops card that people used used to only collect that's fair you know in hockey we have a similar situation you've yeah. got the 1954 the first time tops made hockey cards was 54 they put out a beautiful set and they have the gordy howe card in there it's his first tops card but his actual rookie card is a 51 parkers you know the 51 parkers it's got a cult following don't get me wrong but they're not nearly as aesthetically pleasing as the 54 tops and they're about a quarter of the size well a third of the size whatever it may be so but no one's ever called the 54 tops. I shouldn't say no one's ever, because I don't know what everyone's, what, everything everyone's ever said, but right. very few people to this day consider the 54 tops to be the rookie card. Although PSA has a set registry for each sport called the Mount Rushmore. Right. And in hockey, it's the 54 tops, Gordy Howe, that made the Mount Rushmore, not the 51 Parker. So that could also throw a few people off thinking, well, that must be the rookie card, even though it isn't. You know, okay. you know, you know, a good way to handle that Mickey Mantle situation, Jay Lee, just get them both. Get the 51 and the 51. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. You, and you, you know that that Mickey, that 52 tops Mickey Mantle just sold for $5.2 million. So, yeah, just get maybe get two of those and one of the 51s, right? <laughs> a couple more here. Patrick says, I think a lot of purists call the 52 Mantle the tops rookie card which is kind of like a doesn't make sense to me though, uh, since it is the first tops mantle, but not the overall. So it should be the first tops card, not the tops rookie card that putting the, yeah, the word rookie has just been used loosely for things like that in the hobby. And I'm not, you know, Patrick's got it right. That's what, that's what, that's why people do it. He's not wrong in that. I just don't think it's still, it's technically still not correct. I don't think I like this comment here from the hobby cop. I assume he's actually a cop because he says, yeah, finally catching one of these live, always listen in the patrol car. Well, hobby cop, if you ever pull me over, hopefully I've got some uh, a little bit of clout with you and you can let me off whatever it is, I, I'm my speeding ticket or something like that. I love, I love it. Brian Kingsley speaks to... Fer- and by the way, you mentioned Fernando Valenzuela earlier. I remember the hype on Fernando Valenzuela. He was yeah. all the rage in those early it 80s, was. right? Yep. Remember that very much. Global sports card investor, welcome to the show. And here's a comment from Unlucky. I say one of the biggest influencers on the rookie card changes was Bowman with their first Bowman cards that were coming out before they even played a minor league game. Isn't that kind of why the MLB came forward and says, hey, hold on a second. Something's got to yep. give here. Yeah. And just so you know, Victor, hockey did follow somewhat saying that a player cannot get a, their first rookie their first card in a licensed product until they set foot on the ice and actually play a game or are uh, in terms of gold tenders are in the lineup type of thing. So um, they did follow suit. And uh, because we were getting cards of players in in their junior uniforms or their national jerseys, which is their national uniforms, which is an issue on, on several cards in 1991 upper deck, but a bit of another issue. And name says, I love this discussion. I'm learning so much about rookie card history. Also subscribe to Victor's YouTube that's great. I'm going to throw that up again, guys. I really want you all to give him a subscription to his uh, YouTube channel, All Time Greats Blog. 
Victor, I hope you know how many subs you had before you came on tonight so we can see how many of, uh, of our audience here tonight subscribe to your channel. I highly, highly recommend it. Paul says, I have to admit, baseball rookie cards can be daunting. Mike from Eastridge, who sold me this pack the other day that we're going to open up, says, who came up with the RC logo on Topps cards? Good question. Bobby Burrell. Got to see what Bobby says, because hobby historian. Did everyone hear the pin drop? Great info. Thank you, Bobby. All right. Uh, and here, unlucky, the designation with the XRC star rookie cards, which is the bat, the Jordan we're talking about, is the same reason as the Flare update. They're only given out as team sets in team set form and not widespread distribution. And weren't they only given out like at the games or something like that? Like, I don't even think they went or did they go to hobby shops? I'm not sure. So I won't pretend that I know what I'm talking about there. Distribution was a big issue. It's distribution yeah. one, way or, one way or another. Yeah. Ryan O'Hara remembers that Ty Conklin rookie card 101. It was a heated subject back in the day. It certainly was. Unlucky Breaker tells us that SP Game Used and Titanium have rookie cards numbered to the jersey number that are considered the true rookies, which it's like that you weren't even aware of this, Victor, but there was that rule that came out that a rookie card had to have at least 99 copies. And then a couple sets came out because manufacturers got creative and kind of threw that out the window, and now there's another exception. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the definition, whatever it was then, whatever it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, today, that it evolves. And what you're working on is evolving it. And it's okay, because as long as the manufacturers evolve their products, the definition has to stay, it has to stay somewhat nimble, because I don't know that it can accommodate everything that might come in the future that it doesn't consider already. Does that, you know what I mean? There are yeah. things that can happen that the current, even those 10 commandments, we may need to add an 11th commandment and a 12th commandment as time goes by. So and, now, I'm okay, and, I, and I love that concept, but it has to be done officially. It has yeah. to be done by a authority and that should be the MLBPA. Well, but that only covers one. Yeah, I, I agree with or that. The, the PA, they, the, it's a blanket. The PA is for all sports. For all sports. So the PAs yeah. of all the different leagues yeah. and yeah, yeah, I, I think that I like it. I just don't know how are you going to get all those PAs to agree? Maybe that you know, do they care? Is it even on on? Is it even on their list of things to do? Would it even be? I don't know. But I know, uh, I know the MLBPA. I don't know about the other ones, but they have a guy specifically assigned to sports card industry. Okay, I'd like yeah. him to talk to the to some of the people from the other leagues because I, I agree we do need some sort of leadership on this who it comes from. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fair, a fair option. I'm not sure if that's where it lands, but it's definitely some, uh, it's definitely, you know, in the discussion for it to be the PAs because it is there, the images of their members that are on these cards in the first place. And it's in their interest to really get players to have rookie cards because that's who, uh, that's who they represent. So it just, it only makes sense. Okay. We talked about the 10 commandments. You have them ready to go. Yes. Okay. So guys, here it is. Let's hear the Ten Commandments of the rookie card. Keeping in mind, the first five are really where do they come from again? From the MLBPA. And the second five from the hobby. Let's have them. The first, I'm going to give you what the what the actual commandment is, and then I may on some of them I have a little bit of commentary Please. that I've included. Okay. So number one is a rookie card must be licensed by both the league and the players' association. That's an MLB only, takes two licenses, okay? Um, this indicates that a player is a member of the organization 
and manufacturers can now legally print cards of that player. Please note, both licenses are needed. Number two, a rookie card can only be released after a player has made a pro-level roster. That's kind of, see, and, and these, I like what these are, these first five, because they're blanket statements and they cover everybody, all, all the leagues. Yeah. Number three, a rookie card must be branded with some type of identifier on the card front. Okay. Um, number four, a non-pro roster player can appear on insert cards without the MLB RC logo. Now, this is where you get, um, they'll include subsets of like um, prospect pipeline and they'll feature minor league players in the subset but they do not, they're not allowed to put the RC identifier on those cards. That's where that one comes from. Um, a non, number five, a non-pro roster player can be included in the base set as a rookie card with the consent of the MLB, but an August 31st deadline still applies. This is what I've called the exception rule. They have a, they're, the PA is flexible because the rule is he has to be on a 25-man roster at the start of the season, but they've allowed this exception that he can come in mid season. So long as he plays in at least 45 games and he at least gets 130 at bats and then it's okay to put the MLB RC designation on their cards. You follow? I follow. Okay. okay. Number six, these are the hobby now. A rookie card must appear in the base set. If a player has more than one card in the base set, the first appearance of that player shall be considered the rookie card. That has been, for the past 40 years, that has been the standard how the hobby has done it. Number seven, a rookie card must come from a product that is allocated in pack form and distributed nationally when released. Regional sets may be desired by some collectors, but the industry doesn't include those because of limited distribution. The overall principle here is all collectors should have a fair and equal chance at owning said cards. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm snickering because I'm thinking of the way that cards are now sold on companies' yeah. websites and there's the bots that are scooping them up and do and the prices make it like people are going to be like shake their heads. Like, well, I guess it's just, there's no rookie cards anymore because we can't get anything anymore. Right. So <laughs> no one has a fair shake at them type of thing. Uh, number eight, a player's rookie card that is part of an update or traded set and was distributed in pack form nationally must not have any other cards issued within that same product line. Oh. And, and here's uh, Jay Lee, let me say this. In my video, The Ten Commandments of the Rookie Card, I give you ex multiple examples of each of these so you can get a clear understanding of, of what it means. Great. Um, all right. Number nine, cards from licensed or unlicensed manufacturers depicting players in minor league uniforms shall not be considered rookie cards. Also, historically, um, Anything that is a product of Coca-Cola, Post, Hostess, that sort of food and beverage issues are not considered rookie cards either. And so the last, sorry, before you, the hockey people in the room are kind of raising one eyebrow like this because 
because uh, okay. in 2005, Beckett Publications anointed the McDonald's Sidney Crosby card as a, as earning the RC designation, yeah. which goes against that commandment. But personally, my view is, yeah, give it to it. Who cares? And there's a McDonald's everywhere. You know, you, yep. you, you know, especially hockey being more Canadian, you know, you go to, you went to any McDonald's in Canada, you could have got that card. So it was almost like going to McDonald's, it was like going to the hobby shop, just like going to McDonald's in the States right now for your Pokemon happy meal is like going to the hobby shop to buy Pokemon cards. So I, I was okay with that one. Again, an exception, right? The, 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 these standards need to have, you might have 10 commandments, but each commandment needs to have a, a little bit of a corollary corollary to it that sort of says, you know, here, here are the exceptions type of thing. So I'm sorry to interrupt. Exceptions and miscues are rampant. It, it is, I mean, I, I'm, part of my channel is looking at those exceptions and miscues all throughout history. Um, number 10, a rookie card must not be an insert, redemption, or a parallel, nor an on-demand product. Not a redemption. See, that that one That one I don't like. I, there's, I, been, there, there's been a lot of issues. There's been a, historically, it's been a nightmare because, um, you know, they're, they're not holding, manufacturers are not holding up their end of the bargain. By the time the player gets the card, it's, it's a season down the road before they actually get the actual card in hand. And there's been a lot of headache about rookie card redemptions. Well, one other thing about a, a redemption, you know, and I'm going to use a hockey example just because it's what I know best. So Nathan McKinnon had a, an upper, a upper deck SP Authentic Future Watch, which is the name of the card, in 2013. But the, and I don't, I'm not, I don't remember this specifically, but apparently it was a redemption. So it didn't come out until later. But the fact of the matter is the reason why it didn't come out until later and was a redemption was because the player didn't return the cards on time. Those cards were printed along with every other rookie card from that year. They were printed at the right time. They were sent to the player at the right time. The companies didn't receive them back on time to put them in the package, in the package, in, in, in the product itself. So, I, so I mean, you're, you're a big Shaquille O'Neal fan, aren't you? Yeah. You remember the debacle with Shaq back in 1992 when the NBA season started and he was still under contract with Classic. So what did everybody do? We're going to invent these redemption cards. And, and hand out the redemptions in the packs so that when the calendar went to 1993, well, now we can include him in the series two. It was just a big. That's a, okay. So that's a different, yeah, that's a different redemption than the one I was just speaking to that that we've seen that I've seen that in hockey as well, where, you know, that happened in in the lockout season in 2004, upper deck in the same product, SP authentic did some redemptions for Crosby and Ovechkin, which, they couldn't put out until the next year. So they still say 1415 on them, even though there really didn't come out till 1516. There was no season. So again, a commandment that needs a couple paragraphs of, of uh, text to describe it, which yeah. adds more confusion. More, it, it's yeah. Th- it, this is not an easy mountain to climb to figure all of these things out. But we got to start talking about it. We got to start putting pressure where the pressure belongs. That's the only way things are going to at least semi clear yeah, up. Yeah. Okay. So, what what do you want to talk about next? I'm looking at my notes. We talked about you know the misinformation of the regarding the rookie card. I think we've covered that. Um, we we talked about the future of the rookie card, but you haven't yet talked about 
a couple of these other designations. We The pre-rookie card, which is sort of, in my opinion, where the XRC should fall. And then you have your own designation that you've somewhat invented that I, I don't want to say it. I want you to, I want you to speak to it. But can you talk about, you know, we, yeah. in addition to RC, rookie card, RY, rookie year card, PRC, which is pre-rookie card, and you can speak to that. And then you've got your fourth one. I'll let you um, announce okay. it. I, it's a series I started on my channel last month, and I call it Rookie Card Exercises, where I actually have four categories. The pre-rookie, which is where all of the prospect and minor league cards fall into. Um, the rookie card, actual rookie card, a true rookie card. And then rookie year, which is really any card, like an insert card that was produced in his rookie year. So it's not a rookie card, even though it says RC, but in actuality, it, it, it shouldn't be. Uh, and But then I, I created a fourth category, and that is um, post-rookie themed, because there's a lot of cards that are second, third, and fourth year cards that still have a theme of rookie on the front, on, in the design. And a lot of novice collectors that I have noticed, um, they still think that that's a rookie just it's like that one uh cheech and chong movie i don't know if you've ever got into that but when the cop pulls him over and he asks him for his license and he says yeah the license is back there in the bumper man yeah. it's, it's 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 the same thing so we get this card and just because it says rookie yeah look it, it says rookie right there it's a rookie card no no it, it's not and so i i'll take a stack of cards and i'll and i'll categorize them by each four of the categories. And then I'll do a few and then I'll kind of pause and let let the the viewers kind of guess where this one belongs. And, and I kind of uh, do it that way. It's a lot of fun, just something I started doing, but it really starts to, okay, I got a lot of positive feedback on that. It, it made a lot of sense and it started opening up a lot of people's eyes as to, okay, now that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like your RT. I, I call it, you said the uh I forget what you called it specifically, but the the rookie theme or the post rookie year rookie rookie to me post rookie theme, yeah. Pro yeah, post rookie theme. I think you know if I'm just gonna use it in my everyday conversation, I'm gonna call it an like a an RT rookie theme card. Obviously, it's not a rookie year card, it's not a rookie card, it's something else. And that's that's not to add a layer of confusion, that's more to just help new collectors understand that a card that is might look like a rookie card because it might have that theme is not truly a rookie card. Okay. So we got the rookie card, the rookie year, the pre-rookie card. Does it make sense when I say that some of these XRCs, like the Star 101 Jordan, should be a pre-rookie card versus an XRC? You know, what is, I, I, I'm not, uh, I have not, I actually wrote an article on that, but it's been such a long time since I wrote it. What is the official designation of it now? I'm, I think it might be XRC. It might just is be it, nothing. It, it might okay. be. Uh, I'm not even sure. Um, I'm not even sure because the definitions that Dr. Beckett and his team came up with and applied in the 80s, they're for the for the most, I don't say for the most part, for, a, for some part, they're somewhat obsolete now because they just there's there's not enough there to apply to all the different iterations of cards that need addressing 
as far as rookie year and rookie year cards go, whether it's RC or just RY. So, okay, we have. There's been a ton of comments. I see people are saying I agree, I disagree. I want to run through. Let's see what some people have to say about some of this stuff. So, okay, guys, I'm I'm going to be going back in time here, and we're already at an hour and a half, Victor. It feels like we've been talking for ten what? minutes. It's yeah. already been an hour and a half. I can't believe it. We got great viewership, guys. Welcome everybody to the show. If you just joined, be sure to give be sure to give Victor a follow on YouTube, a subscribe, the All Time Greats blog. If you and if you're new to the show, Sports Cards Live, I welcome you. And uh, yeah, you got to point the other way. And uh, please subscribe to this channel. Hit the thumbs up. All those things that YouTubers tend to ask for. I appreciate that. Joe loves the baseball talk on Sports Cards Live. Love it. Love it. Rookie parallels. Joe mentions RY. I almost wrote your name with a question mark, Bobby. Okay. <laughs> Good evening, Corey. C. Eddie B says, totally agree, Jay Lee. Parallel is a rookie, but not the rookie card. I mean, so that doesn't agree with what you're saying, um, Victor. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things. This conversation is interesting to me as I basically have zero rookie card base cards and I only collect cards with serial numbers on them. There you go. Yeah, that's what I prefer those too. Corey says, I don't see it like that. The parallel is still a rookie card, just not the rookie card. Right? I mean, that's nothing. I. It's a fair position. It's a position that I've taken, although I'm starting to go back and say it's not true. Well, I don't know. I got, I got, I need to think, <laughs> I need to think about it. We, we need staff. Apparently, apparently, I have some standards to follow. Corey says, requires doing your homework as a buyer to find out which is the true rookie card and the true rookie card changes over time sometimes which should it though i I think since 2005 i think it's the the it, it, it was a step in the right direction i think things are somewhat more organized than they were before right um, Michael Ham says, I disagree. I don't I'm not sure what he was disagreeing with, but because it's already a while ago, but he thinks the rookie card is a card created after they are called up to the big leagues. So that makes sense. What Bowman first does is more of a draft card, a pre-rookie variations and parallels create rarity. That makes That's sense. What we're saying. Yeah, I don't, That's I don't what we're saying. that with what Michael mm-hmm. says there. Uh, baseball seems to be harder to call the year. Okay. I love podcasts. Welcome to the show. Says in baseball, if a player has a RC in 2015 and a few in 2018, should I even bother collecting the 2018 version? Well, there should only be one year where a player can have a rookie card in baseball, right, Victor? Correct. Correct. So I'm not sure what I think it must be getting have to do with like Bowman draft versus actual MLB cards is what that must be talking about. You can go to baseballreference.com, punch in the player's name, and it'll give you the date that they debuted in the major leagues. And that year, that year, like say uh, Mike Trout debuted in 2011. So all of his cards in 2011 are have, that have the RC designation, those are the rookie cards. Yeah. That's a, a good hack, I guess. For sure, for sure. Brian says, Panini does a good job at adding great G players. I don't know what G means. Uh, that will come up basketball, but what if they take two to three years? Is hockey the same? Once you once you strap on the skates and you're on a roster, you get a card. So what happens after that? If you don't if you don't have a career, or you take two years off and come back. That card was that that card was the rookie card. Uh, what does Brent say? He says, is this an issue for only collectors of an older generation? Back when there was only one rookie card of a player, 
So young modern collectors care about this issue. Just curious. I think the issue is that people publicly advertise all sorts of cards as being a rookie card when they clearly aren't. I think that so. And yes, modern collectors certainly do care about it. Although, and I'm a, I'm I'm both. I collect you know from vintage till today. Um, you too. To me, the RC designation is much less important for modern cards than it is to to vintage. To the to the point that I don't sometimes even care if I have a player's rookie card as long as I have a really cool rookie, excuse me, rookie year card like a nice insert or parallel. So yeah, do we even care? I, th- I think to Brent's question specifically, I think modern collectors, if we're just like they make an over an over sweeping sort of uh, uh, comment that. They're caring less than before, I think, is, is what I would say to that. Lily, I'm going to grab my uh, plot, my cable to charge my, my computer. Go for I'll, it. Right I'll do yeah, comments. Go for it. Thank you, Victor. Dr. Full, there always becomes one clear rookie card that everyone wants, even if it's not his true rookie card. I mean, maybe back in the day, but, maybe, but not even. I don't know about that, Dr. Full, because even in the 80s in baseball, like some people wanted Donruss, some wanted Top, some wanted Fleer. So there wasn't one. There was clearly three. And these days, that I don't, I don't know, Dr. Full. I, I don't agree with that comment, but if I'm not understanding it, please clarify. And I know it's already a while ago. So still here. Name says the rookie card needs to be respected and protected. I love these words. Yes, I, I love them too embrace the chaos well victor is embracing the chaos by trying to make sense of it which maybe that's a bit of an oxymoron right mike okay dr full says and perhaps the manufacturers should make it clearer when releasing them which is the rookie card well i think if they had their way they'd call them all rookie cards and i don't know that that's exactly is it really up to the manufacturer to decide and that's a question no i don't know no no it's the players association there we go. And I, I think that makes more sense because, yeah, I think that makes more sense, right? It's like, yeah. And I'm just trying to find an analogy to compare it to. So I'm going to go to a vehicle, like auto auto manufacturing, you know, they have to follow standards. They don't set the standards, the manufacturers, right? In terms of emissions right. and what, what have you, four Correct. wheels and all those sorts of things. Um, okay. Brian says in basketball, in a PSA case, the true rookie card, holds superpower and rare variations are even more coveted. Yeah, 100%. Michael Ham says they need to limit how many rookie card cards of a player can go into different sets. Example, Zion can be in six sets. This would allow them to not load a set with every rookie. That's just bad business though, Michael. You'll never see that happen. I love podcasts says don't forget to sub to Victor's channel, all-time greats blog, content sounds. Yes, and, and I like your background music too on your videos, Victor. Okay. <laughs> a reminder, it's on it's on the ticker right now, everybody. Brian says, but as a holder of a few Kobe rookie cards, RC Baby, yes. Lee Haskins, welcome to the show. Unlucky says, what if the grading company started deciding what the actual RC is? Oh. That would really throw the collecting world into cast. Yeah, I agree. It would. And it's also not what they're in business to do, nor would anybody really accept it. So I don't see that happening. But but what if it started adding another identifier or indicator on their label that said RC or RY or XRC or PRC or something like that, similar to what, uh, to what uh, ComC does. Yeah. It's an, that's an interesting, um, that's it, but they would just simply need to follow the standards that somebody else gave them, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Brian says young gun base rookie cards. Are there any others? Uh, Are there not sure for hockey? 
Doctor says, any card collector or sports fan won't buy my 2020 Mike Trout rookie card, but maybe an investor might very, for sure. An investor <laughs> might. Um, but let's keep in mind, investor, the word investor in the hobby has gotten this like this bad, this bad connotation to it. But really, I mean, even investors that are coming in, many of them will get interested and, and explore outside of what they're doing and maybe do some research and try and figure out what's what. Hopefully, uh, Victor's thought on Panini Baseball, no logo on the jersey. Is it worth the trouble collecting them? Well, I like, I want to, I like, I want to keep things positive tone and I don't, I don't want to beat up on, on card manufacturers. Um, but I've always had heartburn with it. Uh, I know I, um, I've done a lot of research on this. I know a lot of collectors, uh, do not, um, consider them as rookie cards. And um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they, uh, I don't think they should have rookie card because they're not licensed. No, right by the players right. so, or or the league, whichever one, one of the two. So I guess the by by the league. So okay, here Chris Carter says, uh, but how can a card that literally has the word rookie on it in the insert title? not be a rookie card and be an RY card. It's literally the same card spelled out. It's literally on the card spelled out. That's just a design element more than anything. That's why it's literally a design or a theme. It doesn't make it a rookie card, Chris. So I, I can clearly see why it wouldn't be. Um, I don't know how else to, uh, to explain I, that though. I, I can, that's a great question. I, I consider that a manufacturing shenanigan because the rules set out by the Players Association says that um, a, a minor league player is not allowed to have a rookie card identifier on it. But now if you flip that, so if a prospect card can't have a RC label, that must mean that a rookie, a true rookie, a player on an MLB roster, well, then that means that he can have one. And so to me, it's like a technicality in the verbiage that they've flipped. And that's why they're putting this rookie card identifier on there. And, and a lot of uh, hobby purists have issue with this because the intent of all of this was for it to minimize confusion. And all that's doing is causing more confusion. You see, but that MLB RC identifier is a magnet, is a collector magnet. But yeah. in, in the legalities of it, I, I, in my opinion, I don't think it belongs there. But that that MLB rookie card identifier is a very specific, it's like a trademark itself. It's a very specific mm-hmm. logo that goes on the card. You can put the word rookie on another card somewhere else and not have that logo on it. It's not going to be a rookie card in accordance with MLB rules. But to Chris's all their comment, I mean, we see something called rookie tribute cards that come out all the time now. You know, I, there's a Wayne Gretzky card that came out in 2009 that says rookie on it. I mean, so so it just, it, it the comment that Chris Carter makes, and maybe Chris wasn't thinking about that situation, but it's part of what he's saying. It's clearly not a rookie card. Chris Carter's not going to call it a rookie card. So, but he goes on to say, if a, if a dealer is misleading a buyer with RC, then the true blame is on the manufacturers putting rookie, the word rookie on the card title. Well, yeah, I think it's it's a theme. Is it really a blame? Should they be blamed? They can do whatever they want. It, it, it's the hobby that insists 
that there is a rookie card standard, right? That's the hobby that insists on that. So yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a tough it's a tough situation. Subsets and inserts have always had a, a theme element to it. Yeah, and if the, the, if the theme of the design is of, about rookies, well, then they're going to plaster rookie on it on the design. Yeah, yeah. Chris says, if I buy a rookie showcase card, nobody will ever be able to tell me it's not a rookie card, and I will forever sell it as rookie card. And if there's ever standards laid out, you'll get you'll you might get called out on it, and, and you, your repu- your selling reputation could take a hit if there are standards that are widely accepted. And I mean. I just don't know if that's ever going to happen. I mean, I know we'd like it to, but I don't know that that's ever going to happen. Kickdown says, is this the rookie unveiling of the Ten Commandments or the extended unveiling and video- Victor's video will be the true rookie unveiling? Jeff Smith says, what do you cons- what do you consider the rookie cards of Muhammad Ali, Pele, Trechiak, greats that never had licensed cards during their playing days? Rookie card for Trechiak came out 16 years after his career ended. Yeah, I mean, some players, you know, you might not get a licensed card until you've been retired or dead for many many years but you might have some other regional cards that came out earlier on and maybe from foreign countries and that sort of thing it's a great question jeff smith and um that's where that's where the rookie card designation doesn't even matter it's more like what's the oldest card you can find of the player yeah that's important i've been asked about um international type rookie cards of players and my response has been Man, we can't even get it right in the states. I have no idea about it—a rookie card, you know, across the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian wants to repeat the Facebook address. Brian, if you're speaking to me, I'll put it up. But it's simply Sports Cards Live. That is the Facebook group. If anyone is not mm-hmm. yet a member and you'd like to join, please do, um, and we will admit you in. My man Rodman <laughs> Martinez, another great guest. Jeremy, thanks for clearing up a common hobby belief regarding rookie cards. Just think how the 09 Bowman Trout, which is a minor league card, outsells the 2011 Bowman Trout RC. Yeah, another one that where the where it's like the RC designation doesn't matter. And that's the fact. That's fine. Sometimes the RC designation doesn't even matter. There are cards that are more valuable. Sharpshooter says what the hobby needs is, is a capo to eliminate confusion and implement true rules. Just like the mob has, I think someone <laughs> someone said down below that the capo should be Victor. MSC says, I mean, I just thumbed through the Chrome baseball pops on PSA for the last five years, and there really isn't that many graded. Ricky Card pops. Hello, super bad. Building says amended command uh, amendment com- amended commandments. Jeremy Pringle says, I think Jerome McGinley's rookie card needs better consideration. I think rookie cards should be in their pro uniform, and I do too, and that's what even the NHL and the NHLPA decided, I think, um, in whatever year. I don't know which year, maybe 0405. But before that, if a player appeared in a set, whether it was international, junior, whatever, that became their rookie card. We've seen that with Eric Lindros. We've seen it with Team Mussolini and Peter Forsberg and Nicholas Lidstrom and Jerome McGinley. So... It just, it, it, it won't, it, I don't think it will get better consideration, Jeremy, but um, but I hear you. I hear you. I'm with you as well. Which brings me to the Nicholas Lidstrom card. I'm just going to talk about this briefly, and I mentioned it to you earlier, but you're not a hockey guy, Victor, so 91-92 upper deck. It's a big set, 700 cards altogether. Card number 26 is Nicholas Lidstrom's card, but he's he's pictured in a, in a in his national Swedish uniform playing in, I'm not, I don't remember the, the, the world, the world cup or something or the world juniors, whatever it was later on in the set, 
he's got a card that he's in De- his Detroit Red Wings uniform, and it's even got the Young Guns logo on it because he had played a game. They got a picture of him, Upper Deck got a picture of him in an NHL uniform, and they made another card and they put him in the Young Gun set forever, up until very recently, like last year. To me, the 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 rookie card was the card number 26. That was the card I would want in my personal collection to represent Nicholas Lidstrom, one of the greatest defensemen of all time. Now I've done a 180. I don't care about that that Team Sweden card. If I have a Nicholas Lidstrom card in my collection, I want the Young Guns card now because it pictures him on the Detroit Red Wings, which is the NHL. And rookie, you know, to me, rookie cards are NHL cards. And it's got the Young Guns logo on it, which has a lot of equity in our hobby. So I'm not saying I'm not making an argument because this would violate one of those one of the commandments saying that the first card in the set is the rookie card. Mm-hmm. But to me, not even and I'm not commandment number two. And I'm no, not no. get them both. Get them both. That's the. That's the <laughs> but if I only have one spot for me, okay. I'm saying I don't care about the RC designation for that for that player. I care about the RY designation. It's still rookie year. That's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. That's the Nicholas Lidstrom card I want. Why? Because I like it more. Because I like it more. That's why. I like it more. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. And it took me this many years, 30 of them, to figure that out or to even consider it. It, it wasn't even a thought before. But now that I've considered I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it's a no-brainer to me. I want his Red Wings card with the Young Guns logo on it because Young Guns are awesome, you know, versus a but team when, card. But when you go to sell it, Ry. How are you? If you if just like okay, how are you going to identify it? I would never call it a rookie card because because of well two things. I'm not convinced it's a rookie card. It's definitely an Ry card, which is very important to me. But the other reason is because I got to watch out for what I'm saying publicly, right? I don't want to get called out for something that is that I know half 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 or more of the hobby is going to come come at me for. So I'm not going to put myself in that position, even though. To me, it's a better card. It's a more important card to me. But that's to me. And I, I recognize that's to me. I'm not projecting that upon anybody else. Saying it publicly here with 120 people watching. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But I'm just telling you what I like. In your house, in your PC, it's what you say. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I'm not saying it's an RC. Right. <laughs> okay. Tiger Jordan says the star cards were not widely distributed because basketball wasn't hugely popular at the time and not many were interested in them. NBA finals were still on tape delay until the 84 finals. So that makes some sense. And didn't they uh, go when they, when it finally did take off, they went back and reprinted it. I, I think there was something to that effect. I'm not sure. I know there's like a legitimate reprint that tops did several years later. I, I actually have a copy, a, a copy of that card on my desk. I happen to have it like right here because it came in a lot of Jordan cards that I recently acquired, but this is a, yeah, a lot this, of shenanigans with that card. This is a 1996. It says right on the back reprinted by tops 1996. So this is the Jordan, you know, if you have their actual yeah. 84 star of this card, it's worth monstrous money, but this guy here is probably worth 40 or 50 bucks because it's it's a reprint, but it's a licensed, legitimate reprint. It's not a, a counterfeit or anything like that. I need to do a video on that. On that, There you card. go. I love, oh wait, sorry. Sharpshooter said the biggest problem with people sticking to the rules is the follow the leader mentality in the hobby. This is probably why rules keep changing. Fair. I mean, people, I don't, you know, I understand the comment sharpshooter about follow the following the leader. I think a lot of it is people just need 
they just don't know. So they need some guide, right? We just sometimes need some guidance. There's nothing yeah. necessarily wrong. Anyway, I hear what, what Sharpshooter is saying. And it, it really can't be a single person. I know Dr. James Beckett was that guy for a long time, but it practically killed him when he had his heart attack. I, I think it has to be more of a, of an organization, you know, and a lot of, I've been asked, well, who the, who the heck is the PA to say, who are they? They're the, they hold the license to the rights of the images of all the players. They represent the players in every facet. So they do have the, the, the clout per se to, to make that yeah. standard. Mr. LAGN says there are too many rules. Who follows these? You should just collect what you like. Well, that's true, but that's a very narrow view, Mr. LAGN, because the hobby cares about rookie cards. So it's 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 quite important, I, I would argue. <clears throat> um, okay, let's keep on going here. We have some more. I'm going to skip a bunch that are kind of just not relevant uh, or as relevant. Um, Sharp Juice says manufacturers only care about making money. Yeah, like most businesses. Bottom line, hence the high print runs over the last two years. Okay. Uh, Joe says, it's good to have a common understanding of language being used to describe elements of the hobby. 100% correct. That said, it does not dictate market values, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, definitely agree with that, Joe. Bobby Burrell says, pre-rookie card should replace XRC. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking. Um, and I don't know if that, you know, I got to think of all the different iterations of it, all the different right. examples of XRC to make sure the PRC would, would encapsulate it, but nothing I can think of uh, would, not, would not fit in there. So makes it sense definitely. to me. Dr. Full says rookie cards should only be base cards, then let the player power, then let the player power up and turn silver green. <laughs> I see. So a card that changes over time. Here we go. The hobby needs a capo. I nominate Victor. Yeah, me too. Chris says if the if the card says rookie on it, then it's a rookie. We've already dispelled that. If a soft drink says it's cola, it's a cola. We're we going to start arguing the ingredients and gradient. Yes, we are, Chris. We are going to start arguing it. We are. Unlucky says need that RCV rookie card variant designation to cover refractor colored number variant. There's another idea like for you, Victor. Like it. That's a nice uh, one. Sharpshooter says, unfortunately, money will always dictate the player's best rookie card. Always, Oh, best rookie card for sure. Best rookie card mm -hmm. is dictated by money, 100%. Mm -hmm. But true rookie card or only rookie card, not. So I completely agree with this comment here. Yep, yep, yep. Building is overwhelmingly confused, as you should be. This is not a simple topic. That's why Victor is taking it upon himself to try and bring, bring clarity, even though, I, admittedly, we're not bringing a ton here tonight. We're, we're It's just... There's so We're many talking about it. Talk is exactly. We're having a conversation. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go uh, fast forward here a little bit. Okay, bid birds on the bats. So the question is, might that change for modern guys in baseball who have a paper and a chrome, or will the fact guys like Trout don't have a chrome keep it as the paper? So that paper versus chrome. The term paper is a is, is not used in the hockey world, at least not much, not yet. It probably will start to be. But we're talking about your simple base card made on old school cardboard versus these new, um, the, these new uh, stocks that are being used in cards. Do you, you're a baseball guy. Victor, what do you think about what Birds on the Bat is saying? I'm trying to understand the question here. He's just saying, you know, because, because Mike Trout didn't, only has a paper rookie, he doesn't have a chrome, 
will will a, a card of importance like that make it such that moving forward the paper the paper version of the rookie is going to be the rookie card and the chrome won't be now i say this out loud and i think to myself but oftentimes in i don't know about in tops baseball but oftentimes you've got one product that is that is it's a product in and of itself that is made on regular cardstock it's just like the tops based product and then later on there the chrome product comes out or in hockey opichi platinum comes out which looks the same as opichi but it's a chrome finish. It's its own product, completely its own product. Just looks like the other one. Both cards get the RC designation in that case. Yeah, yeah. So the different product, packed form, distributed nationally. It it qualifies as a legitimate product. As far as Mike Trout's concerned, he does. I believe he does have a, a Bowman chrome. Uh, yeah, but I think that's from. Oh, I, I can't. I'm not going to comment on that because I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. I like this comment from Seb Menard. Mm. Says, the rookie card should simply be the one that breaks the record on PWCC's <laughs> What? Yeah, he's joking. He's joking. That's good, Tiger, man. That's good. Tiger Jordan says, so where does the RPA fit into these definitions? Plenty of those with lower numbers than out of 99. So in this case, Tiger Jordan, the RPA out of 99 is an RC. RPA is just a, a subset. It's just a type of rookie card. But the one out of twenty-three is a—it's a parallel. So we've—it's—it's it, de- it's by definition the one out of twenty-three is a parallel. So it all depends. Do you consider? I consider that to be an RY. I consider the RY version to be more important than the RC version for that card, simply because of the rarity and the money that it's been shown at golden auctions that that's the case. So, but that's just a parallel to you, Tiger Jordan. Ed Seat says if a baseball card has to be MLB licensed, how can Panini put the RC logo on their baseball cards? It's just not licensed. So they did, right? I guess that's the case. If a, I'm sorry. If a baseball card has to be. Well, it, they, they have. Yeah, I'm going to move on, Victor, because it's not that they, exciting of a question. Rodman says with modern cards, the power of the product brand is important. If not hoops base without sell prism base. Maybe this should change and the hobby should embrace the true rookie card based off of these rules. With modern cards, the power of the product brand is very important. Right. But so that's why we have various rookie cards for throughout the year. And again, money decides which one is going to be the uh, the more important or not even more important. Important isn't the right word. Simply the more valuable one. All, all uh, products, all products have a there's a true rookie card in the hoops and there's a true rookie in the prism because right. they're two separate products. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, just inventory. I still think that the hook of the sports card market for those getting back into collecting cards is the autograph opportunity. I don't know. I mean, maybe people getting back. Sure. Myself. I, I tend to avoid rookie card, uh, autograph cards uh, as for the most part nowadays, but anyway, um brian kingsley maybe tops is putting the rookie card logo on other cards to raise pulse rates for rippers and then they go to ebay and get the bad news but they're not are they they can't put the rookie card logo on cards that are not rookie cards they'd be breaking the rules there they'd be violating their license would they not be correct correct yeah. they can't only if they, the player has to be on an official 25-man roster right i like paul just i just go by what the top loader says does the top loader say rookie card <laughs> Eastridge, Mike at Eastridge says PSA uses the 1979 Panini sticker for the for the Trechiak rookie. Okay, Chris Carter, that's fair about the rookie tribute card. I was thinking more of Artifacts rookie 25 99 29. 
Well, yeah, they're rookie year cards though, Chris. Why can't they put the word rookie if it's a rookie year card? There's nothing wrong with that in my opinion, the, but that doesn't make it a rookie card just because it says it on there. That's what you That's what you got to get your head around, I think. Name says, what's the oldest card you can find of a player? That's what I've had to do for many players in my collection because they don't have NHL license card. Yeah, that comes down to what we're talking about with like Muhammad Ali and Pele and those cards. Birds on the bat says, so let's say we get rid of the rookie card logo and go with the first card moniker. I think that will then inevitably leave companies to have a war over who can produce the earlier card. We've already had those wars, so we just have them again, but I don't think we're going to get there. And that will make things odd and confusing. Will we start seeing high school cards, middle school? Yeah, I don't think that's where we're going with this, but I hear what you're saying, Birds. I hear what you're saying, for sure. It, for sure. it, it was to that point in the, in the mid-90s. We're yeah. getting these guys in high school and making rookie cards. We were, 100%, 100%. Captain Caspian Music, is Bure Young Guns in the Russian jersey his rookie card? Uh, Yes, it is. That's his only card uh, in that year. I believe it's the only card he had in 1991. Someone might correct me, was was that card. Uh, Birds on the bat, they'll push the earliest card as early as they possibly can. Ryan says, Lidstrom Upper Deck Sweden was always his rookie card. Yes, I just flipped two and picked up a, a graded high series young gun rookie yesterday. They're both cool cards. Agree. And and all I was saying is I don't want uh, I'm okay not owning the Sweden rookie. I will take the high numbers rookie year card. Just get the Lindstrom Pinnacle better looking than the UD. Yeah, that's true. Unlucky. I, the Pinnacle was the rookie. The Pinnacle was the young was the Lindstrom rookie to have for a few years back in the day. And then it went, you know, the Pinnacle brand just doesn't have any equity in hockey anymore. So it went back to the upper deck side of things. Chris Carter, I need Victor to review the wording on my divorce contract because I think he will do a better job than my lawyer. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Wise Collectible says, I understand that a product like Prism Draft picks basketball will never have similar value to NBA, but the gap is too wide. Players will always be identified with the school. Zion do kickdown says extended rookie card suggestions to change it to pre-rookie card. Right. We've talked about that here. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Martin Cito. Good evening. Says I always thought the prospect cards were called pre-rookie anyway. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's what I would, that's what I would refer to them as. KC. Why did you skip my Otani question? Was one of your response for 20 minutes. Okay. Why is Otani update selling for more than his base? I don't even know what card that is talking about. He topped out at 100 miles per hour today. That's pretty odd. Yeah, you're obviously bullish on him. Wonderful. Tiger Jordan. Can you, can you go, go ahead, Victor, please. Can we hold on. That, that Otani tops, that's that's one that I've, uh, I've been meaning to uh, write Beckett Publications an email because they need to explain that to me anyways. Uh, tops, they have a rookie card identifier in the Tops flagship product. I think it's like card number 700. They have it as an RC. And then in the tops update, which is an extension of the tops, they have another Otani card on there with an RC identifier. And that to me is a miscue. That's a great, great catch on that. And I've been meaning to email uh, Beckett on that one. Okay. Well, there you go. And I'm sorry, I was skipping it. I just don't, uh, I don't, I wasn't aware there was an issue there. So yeah. thank you for jumping in and clarifying there, especially for uh, Martin Cito on Martin Cito's behalf. Um, <clears throat> Brent Criswell, thoughts on stickers? Could a sticker be a rookie? Mike Tyson Panini, for example. Now, before you speak to that, Victor, is a sticker isn't a card. So the RC, the C means card, right? Logically. Are we just, are, logically. 
are, are we Logically just saying speaking. is the hobby does, and this is a question of you Victor, is the is the does the hobby say that a sticker is a card and therefore can be an can be an rc so then here's where we can take if we had the standards or guidelines we can take that card and filter it through the standards to see where it lands now on the back of that card and i'm not unfamiliar with the card on the back of the card what's the licensing like where was in what country was this produced and i i can't speak to cards that were, were printed maybe in spain I, I i don't know how that jives with the u.s market and so i have a lot of questions before i can answer that question okay fair enough jeff mcmahon says jeremy do you consider the 1991 opichi premier lidstrom a rookie card uh, that card doesn't exist, Jeff. He his his Opeachy Premier card is in ninety one ninety two, and uh, yeah, it's a rookie card. It's uh, it's from his rookie year, and so I do certainly. Uh, Tim Witzman, we already have high school cards. Leaf does All American Bowl football and Perfect Game baseball. Pavel Bure rollerblades card. Yeah, that's a good card. Martin Cito, I bought a bunch of different Tatis prospect cards. I think there will be value there eventually. Good luck. I hope there is two for you. Ah, Chris Carter now gets what we're saying. Art- yeah, okay, thank you, Chris. Just inventory, hadn't grasped the depth of the conversation. An auto for the kid in the 90s was in person at game. Great, yes, for sure. And thank you for that, Justin. Um, okay, oh, and we're almost at the end of the comments. I was getting worried there, and they keep coming in, but that's okay. Uh, KC, thanks, thanking you, Victor, for your response on the Otani. Sorry, KC, that I was skipping by it. Kickdown says manufacturers misprinting or forgetting the RC designation is not uncommon. So that's just a that's just a, an issue that not not much more to say about that. But thanks for pointing it out. Bobby Burrell says my new website will have for '80s tops and Opeachy sticker sets will have RS or rookie sticker. Yeah, that's what it should be. Bobby's nailing it, right? That's what it should be. RS. It's a sticker isn't a card. It's just just isn't. Even though. Card collectors welcome stickers into their collections as if they were cards. Doesn't make them cards, though, but we can still buy them because we like them and because they represent that player, and that's what came out at the time. So very, very uh, legitimate and makes sense to me. Sharpshooter, what does Victor think of high-end premium products, true rookie card or a gimmick, and does Victor collect RPAs? Uh, Gimmick. I do not collect RPAs. I, and you can tell even on the numbering of a lot of RPAs in baseball. I'm t- I, I don't know about hockey, but I know in baseball, you have the Topps Dynasty brand where it's like $10,000 for a box. That's my first issue. But then the, they call it a rookie card that you flip it over and it's it's numbered like a, like an insert. And I have issues with that. Okay, and may, see, to me, RPAs are RCs. They deserve the RC designation. That that makes sense to me. But you can be a gimmick and be a true rookie card at the same time, right? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shenanigans. Yeah. Card manufacturer shenanigans. Yeah. Here's a great one from, uh, from a hockey guy, 2006. Are box bottoms rookie cards? So... I don't know if you're familiar, uh, in hockey at least, 1985 is Mario Lemieux's rookie year. Okay, he's got his rookie card as the 85 tops and Opeachy. But both of those companies put out on the bottom of their box, they had they had another version of what the same design, just with a different color. And um, and people cut these out and, uh, 
have them graded and they're they're designated as hand cut. I personally own a copy because I, I, I consider it to be a rookie year card, not necessarily an RC, but it's definitely a rookie year card. And they're awesome and rare and super tough to get in good condition because they were often put on the table. So the surface would get scratched or the corners, you know, and they were hand cut. So very rare. Um, are they rookie cards? I'm going to go ahead and say no, but what do you think? No, I think they're, they're rookie year cards. I think uh, that card in particular, they're, they're basically numbered like a subset. If you, if you look in the card back, it'll, I believe that card is card number seven, if I'm not mistaken, but it's separate from the base set. You see the base set is where it all is, is the mothership per se. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Totally agree. Chris Carter says, Victor, with that said, what will you be investing in going forward? Only true rookie cards, or do you still invest or collect other types of rookie year cards? I'm a, I'm a straight true rookie card collector. I'm one where as long as it's a Hall of Famer, that, that's what I go after. I don't care about positions. And so long as that player is a Hall of Famer, I, I, I want to pursue that card. Yeah. Okay, Rodman said, now Rodman, I'm not going to read the comment, but I just don't think this is true. I do not agree that the true rookie card denomination is the first card released because various brands come out in different times of the year. That might have been that might have been a, a thought that was going on a long time ago, but it was quickly dispelled. And I've, not, I've never, in all my sports card travels and talking to, no one I know still carries this... Uh, Still holds the still believes in this particular uh, thought yeah. or, or pre pre nineteen eighty one when there was only one set released it was always okay the first card released yeah. but after eighty one now okay uh, birds on the bat says interesting point about stickers so let's ask what is a card is the issue with the sticker the material does it have to be cardboard do chromium cards fall outside of this how about acetates I think it comes down yeah I mean that's a good that's a good point but to me like acetates count chromium counts uh booklets booklets to me do not count i know they come out in packs of cards but to me they're not actual cards to me a card is what it was you know well uh, maybe i gotta rethink that maybe i gotta rethink that for my even for myself but maybe it's just i don't i'm not a fan of booklets because they don't display well travel well hold well anything like that but anyway i think chromium certainly are our rookie cards um doesn't have to be cardboard but then why not a sticker yeah good that's yeah see there's fair fair comment i don't know i don't know bobby says hand cut cannot have the rc but can have the ry completely makes sense to me rookie i like this rbb the rookie box bottom makes good sense got sports good evening doctor says do you have your cards shielded from the sunlight being displayed like that that's a question for Victor. Victor mentioned to me the other day that he makes sure that the cards on display uh, maybe are not above a certain uh, value. So, uh, Victor, I don't know if you can hear me now, but the question is, the cards behind you, are they shielded from sun from the sunlight? Can't hear you. Cannot hear you. While you get that figured out, we're going to keep on going. 90s basketball hobby boxes had box toppers and modern tops as oversized cards. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of oversized cards, booklets or otherwise. Now, I will have some, like like tall boys, like a Joe Namath rookie or or a Lou Alcindor rookie, even some other stuff. But 
overall, like the jumbo young guns to me are, I'm not interested in them whatsoever. Darcy, welcome, says, I believe a hard signed auto is more valuable than a sticker auto. No one will argue with that ever. <laughs> David, Jeremy, do you consider the 1990 score Martin Brodeur card a rookie card? Yes, I do. It's the only rookie card he's got, David. Um, certainly do consider it to be a rookie card. What are Victor's thoughts on the hobby five or 10 years from now? We're not going to have time for that, but a great question. Rock Latex, I collect rookie cards. However, I like the Topps traded Ripken more than the Topps regular. There's a few examples. Same here, Rock Latex. I like the Topps. Wait, yes, the Topps. I like the one where it's just him. It's a beautiful card to me. That's the card I have in my collection, not where he's on with two other players. Chris Carter, very interesting conversation. Thanks to SCL Victor in the chat community. Thank you, Chris Carter. Agree with you, Jeremy. Five by seven cards, coins, etc. Don't count for me. Me neither. Jay Pringle, evening. Thank you, Jeremy. Tim Witzman, nothing to do with rookie cards, but what do you guys think about NFTs? Sorry, just not the episode. We're running out of time, but thank you, Tim. Uh, Kingsley says, PSA needs to get with the top shelf UV holders. Yes, sports cards. Jeremy, what do you think of the post-serial Wayne Gretzky auto? Not for me. Don't like it. Think it's ugly. David G. Brodeur had a star rookie card for Upper Deck a year later. Right, he did. He did but it's not the rookie card score beat them to it as, as to how the rookie cards were defined at the time. Yes, Justin, I'm more confused. I think now than I was going into this discussion. I hope not. I hope that's not the case. I'm uh, sorry. Victor. Yeah, <laughs> no. And, and that's listen, when we're, when we're talking about, we really have to be, uh, we really have to take the time and carve out to, to understand. And this is why I've, really dissected this stuff on my channel and I've done it in little increments because I know it can be overwhelming and that brings discouragement. I don't, I don't want that to happen, but when we do uh, sit down and, and, and watch a video, um, come to it, not, not to be entertained, but, but to learn something and maybe even grab a notebook and a pen and, and take some notes down because it does require us to do a little bit of homework. And it, it, once we start grasping two or three principles, then things start to open up for us and we understand. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, and when I say, you know, I think I'm leaving here more confused than I came, not so much with what a rookie card is, but more what I like, what, you know, how am I going to move forward personally? You know, I've kind of find myself like, wow, okay. I never, you know, never thought about that. Some people, some comments that are coming in are really, making you think about what you're doing, not, not written. I'm not saying like regretting collecting habits along the way, but really just like wondering, okay, I got to kind of rethink what I, the way I see something here. So, and I'm willing to do that. I'm always willing to, to think outside of my own box. You know? Jay Lee, that, that's my goal is, is awareness and education. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dennis, thank you very much. Terry says, I hate when the card companies list things like star rookie on second year cards. It just, yeah, it's confusing for sure. Uh, name, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Birds on the bat. It nauseamu and people refer to 52 man. Yeah, we talked about this specifically earlier. Uh, birds, maybe you weren't here, but yes, completely agree with that. Hockey guy, I'm, I, I'm happy hockey has standardized rookie year. We do now, yes. No problem, Jeff. Show and tell, let's see some heat. Hockey guy, birds on the bat, people aren't wanting to. Okay. And okay. 
So we got to wrap this up because we're at two hours and 15 minutes. I got to, I've already had to push back the uh, after hours. We're now scheduled for 1025, which is in for me in 10 minutes. I'm, I'm, it's 1015 for me right now, 1215 Eastern guys. We do, we do need to wrap up. Um, Victor, we're going late. So before okay. we do, before we wrap up, there were a couple things I wanted to do. We're going to skip the sports cards live five, Victor. We're just not going to have time for it. Okay. But I do want to open up this pack of 1983 Opeachy baseball. So let's do this right now. I bought this at, at uh, Eastridge Sports Cards. Oh, the top card. It's a it's a good well, it's a there's the gum. Stuck nice. to the card. <clears throat> I'm gonna ruin the it's on a Jerry Kuzman. It's not Nolan Ryan, but it's Jerry Kuzman who Nolan Ryan shares his rookie card mm-hmm. with. I'm gonna I'll just leave the gum on there. But the very top card. Cal Ripken Jr. Nice. Not bad, hey? Yeah. Love it. Keeping that one. Oh, that I thought for a second I thought I had Tony Gwynn. We'll do it this way. Chris Welsh. We're looking for a Tony Gwynn or a Ryan Sandberg rookie. That looks like Mike Schmidt. There we go, Mike Schmidt. Next up. A lot of Hall of Famers. Yeah. Who's that? Dave Stapleton, followed by Ricky Henderson. I'll take a Ricky Henderson. George Brett, Hall wow. of Famer after Hall of Famer. <laughs> Bruce Bakhti. Reggie Smith. Mike Kruk. I don't know how you say it. Krukow. That's it. That's the last card. Mike Krukow and then the Jerry Kuzman with the gum stuck on it. So no Tony Gwynn or Ryan Sandberg, but I'm pretty happy with that, Ken, uh, that Cal Ripken Jr. That's a nice-looking card. And the Ricky Henderson. Pretty cool as well. Mike Schmidt, George Brett, not a bad pack. Not a bad pack. Thank you to uh, Mike at Eastridge Hobbies for he's got a couple boxes of this sitting in the shelf right there. So uh, I had to buy one when I was in there the other day. Thanks to Mike for that. Uh, did the mouse chew off the top right corner? There's nothing wrong with the top right corner on these. I don't know what you were seeing. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, hit the Ricky. Victor, give us a close-up on those cards behind you. Man, I don't uh, I don't know how to do that without – I got all my computer plugged in. That's um, okay, man. Hey, there we go. Kickdown's going to check out Victor's vids. Guys, give Victor a follow on his, or a subscribe on his, on his YouTube channel, All Time Greats Blog. Trust me, you will like it. I sure do. Check it out. If you're not subscribed here yet to Sports Cards Live, please give us a subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button. That helps grow the channel. I don't know exactly how. I don't understand the the the, the, the YouTube algorithm, but we all seem to think it works. So give us a thumbs up. Victor, what are you thinking? You're frozen on me now. Victor has gone frozen on us for a few minutes, so I will throw up, guys. Upcoming episodes include next Saturday, Brian Gray from Leaf. The Saturday after that, Paul Lesko, who sent me a message today with a list of legal issues in the hobby that he wants to talk about. So we're going to be doing that. And then on March the 20th, Tyler Nethercott, who is the the data specialist, the sports card investor, will be coming to join for a discussion. That should be pretty interesting as well. So check that out. Joe says solid pack. Thank you very much. Victor, you're back. Final comments from you, Victor, and then uh, then we got to we got to we got to end this thing. Yeah, Jay Lee, first man, thank you. You are a rock star in what you do. There's a lot of people that are doing sports cards talk shows, but you know what? 
this one is a can't miss for me. I haven't missed an episode in three months and it's not, it's not the topic. It's not the guest. It's you, man. You, you're oh, the one who makes the show. You have a, a talent and an ability and you're doing a phenomenal job, man. Keep it up. Lastly, I'm going to just thank everybody for the uh, support. And I do have a rookie card survey. That's a 10 card question survey and every video a link to that survey is in the description. And what I really would love to know what you guys think, what, what kind of questions do you guys have? And I want your input. And it's so important for us to talk and communicate. And your input is invaluable into, into uh, what I'm doing. Is there a website they can go to, to, uh, to uh, answer, to fill out your, your rookie card survey? I uh yeah i have it uh okay that's okay if you don't have it off the top of your head just guys go to his channel look at one of his videos the the link is there i went and actually filled this thing out yesterday or the day before so i encourage you all to do that he's going for a thousand uh a thousand survey entries i believe yep one year one thousand subs i would love that goal would be great yeah so guys go uh help him out let's uh let's let's support him in his uh in his initiative here to really understand and help develop these rookie card standards i think we've just from the some of the confusion we've all expressed here tonight myself included we need it so let's help him out with that please go and do that and again subscribe to his wonderful channel uh joe says i want to thank victor for his knowledge and commitment to the hobby and also for giving us a new way to refer to our host jay lee okay thank you joe hockey says paul's amazing to follow on twitter jeremy yes thank you agree justin says doesn't matter the topic i agree with him you're the best interviewer i've seen in the hobby thank you justin very much that's really nice birds on the bat there's the link he found the link okay so there we go guys all right victor thank you so much you were awesome charles is in the house thank you charles charles is my guest on after hours charles we're gonna start at 10 30 all right but i'll see you in the studio as soon as we finish this i'll meet you in there and uh, we will start after hours. Victor, thank you for what you're doing. You know, we didn't even get to talk about your time you got to spend with Dr. Beckett on, um, on you know, talking with him and what some of the insights that he shared. Funny enough, his podcast is called Sports Insights. insights. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we didn't even get to talk about some of those insights. We didn't get to talk about a couple other topics we had on the, on our list. But we're going to have to do a follow-up to this one of these uh, months and um, maybe see what new developments there are. So I want to thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you, Dr. Full. Thank you for joining for all your comments. Thank you, everybody, for your comments, your questions. The ones I skipped, I apologize. It's just a matter of time and topic. But again, that's it. We're going to kill it. We're going to end it right now. Everybody, everybody, good night. Victor, thank you so much for joining me on episode number 83, Sports Cards Live. Everyone else, we will see you shortly on After Hours. And if not there, we will see you next week, same time, same place with Brian Gray from Leaf. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Thank you, everybody. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.